Hello there, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann. Thank you very much for checking this out. It is the end of Season 3, a finale, if you will. We're going to be going into our closing thoughts about the invasion and the entire God-given storyline in this episode as well. There's also going to be the announcement about Season 4. And hey, Season 3 was only possible because of all of our fabulous backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. If you're not one of the hundreds who have already done so, head on over there back just five dollars a month and you'll get immediate access to over 40 episodes of the smackdown crawl and there's a new episode just dropped of that by the way you'll get access to our video series gamesmanship feature length full video episodes in living color with myself and adam as well as that the bibliotech an entire spin-off podcast detailing the worst of wrestling books a new episode that went up recently where adam and i delved deep with hot takes only about ryback's self-help book it's feeding time I'm over at patreon.com forward slash a podcast and hey just become a backer for one month you'll get access to everything you want to drop out after that you can but stick around and you will get new episodes and new content every month ten dollar backers get access to a monthly q a episode with myself adam or billy there's over 20 of those available and twenty dollar backers can get our entire back catalog of audio commentary tracks for wrestling movies you can of course get them at selfie.com slash a podcast but if you become a twenty dollar backer or dan severn tiers we like to call it You'll get them all, and you'll get them all at around a 50% discount as well for keeps. So, enough rambling from me. It's going to be a big-time finale coming in your ears right at this moment. Don't forget to check out our Patreon, and don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes, and enjoy the end of Season 3 of the Attitude Era Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. It's the epilogue to season three. The invasion is over and now it's time for a little bit of Raw is War. What in God's name is going to happen after this abomination? Hello everyone once again. I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, saddling through the charred remains of WCW, ECW and Hard On Saturday Night. Joined as I am always by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First to my left... He is Adam Bibolo. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. The end has been and gone, I guess, but we're kind of wrapping it up now. The end was there. <laughs> <laughs> the end is now. So, here we are. Mm-hmm. Season three. Another one done in the dust. Yeah, wrapping it up. Obviously, now is the director's commentary for the DVD and the, the, the blooper reel, and that's, uh, that's another season on the shelf. I've always wanted to actually do a commentary track for one of our podcasts. Like, <laughs> you listen to it over. over. For the podcast. <laughs> just, just do it big drunk like the thing. Like, <laughs> no, I'd like to do it like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Paul Verhoeven and just be like, you know, reveal all the secrets. Like, you know, the thing is, is that Stone Cold wasn't actually there. It was a trick. They just played a recording of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> literally, fucking, when they do. Um, when they- when they tell Rico on the t- director's commentary, Arnie literally goes, yeah, I wasn't actually on Mars. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a trick. Cinema magic. <laughs> oh, Paul Verhoeven, what have you got up your big sleeve here tonight? 
So you're happy to be at the end of the season then? Yes, I'm happy that we're wrapping it up. I've had a good time, but I'm ready to move on to something new now. Yeah, highs, lows, creamy middles. What's the what's the barometer in the reading in the air for you at the moment? We've had it all. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like. We've had it all. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet and someone who's absorbed this invasion angle for the very first time, so now he's dirty and no one will want him, Billy Keeble. <laughs> How you doing, big guy? I'm doing all right. Yeah? yeah. Happy to be at the end of the season? Uh, yeah. Not not because I've I've hated this, this run. I, I always like moving on to another thing, so I'm looking forward to... Getting this done and then getting on our way to season four. I like to think you're just chuffed that you didn't ruin the show by making us do a Great American Bash 2006. Well, there's there's always another chance of doing a boys' picks. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna nominate Great American Bash 06 again, <laughs> and they'll all fucking vote for it again. It's just I don't think you understood the Punjabi prison match. Uh, Try again. <laughs> Review it the way I want it to be done. <laughs> I do think we will do another boys' picks as a bit of a palate cleanser. I that's a good idea. Ooh, yeah, been a while, hasn't it? You and I just have to pick some really good picks. Like. Yeah, we've got to really make sure this doesn't happen again. Bring some definitely, ringers, like. I've definitely got two different shows I'm going to pick between. Mm, Ruthless, ag- Ruthless Aggression again. Mm, uh, it's going to be Eugene, isn't it? So people who want us to do Ruthless Aggression, just rest assured that Billy will chip away at the worst of it <laughs> on the between seasons until we decide we never want to do it again. Well, this is certainly a memorable one. We had Survivor Series the night before, where we've done a whole big review of that. If you've not listened to it, go check it out, you silly sausage. And we saw that the WWF emerged victorious. Vince McMahon raised his hands in the air and went a very, very specific shade of mauve slash purple. And here we are. The ECW and the WCW are gone forever. It's Raw from the 19th of November, 2001. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Vince McMahon Sr. certainly is a legend as far as our sport is concerned. Classic WWF intro bit. Mm-hmm. And that nice there, you know. For over 50 years, the unquestionable power in wrestling entertainment. Or rain will rule for a thousand <laughs> years. Yes, that bloodline! <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed then that they just decided to play the Survivor Series 2001 intro package. Yeah. yeah. Like they had a cute idea and then it's like oh we could be lazy because we had a, a bit of a good idea at the start and because yeah, we the won the end isn't here anymore yeah we've had the it end. doesn't work anymore the end was there like yeah. the end is not nigh the end is thigh you know it's <laughs> Mount Doom's been destroyed now all we're doing is watching Aragorn get crowned like we're just wrapping it up like. ah now you're saying now you're making it Aragorn's gonna get crowned but we've gotta we've got to go to the fucking Shire we gotta see how Bilbo's doing yeah. we gotta see you know what the commentary situation yeah, is like Sam's in Shire. gotta get married you know yeah. there's a lot of stuff to go that film has four endings it's critically important <laughs> when we see the wedding you remember like. it don't you remember at the end of Survivor Series 2001 and Jim Ross like and Howard Finkel had tears in their eyes and Howard Finkel it was like, if that old Rosie, if I was to marry him, 
It would have been her, Mr. JR. <laughs> it would have been her. <laughs> They'll be picking the first of the strawberries. <laughs> I can't carry Survivor Series, but I can carry you. <laughs> So yeah, they just retool it a little bit with them doing the bits from the match. Yeah. We get Paul Heyman doing Latin for like the fucking ninth time. They really got their their money's worth out of those last rights, didn't they? It is badass though, you can't blame them. I want more Latin. It's one takeaway from this whole season. I want me some more Latin in wrestling, like, you mm-hmm. know? I want Scott Steiner doing promos in ancient Latin. I want Paul Heyman doing promos in ancient Latin. And when we're going through all of the commentary teams, we got my boy Moti Margolin up there from Russia. I want to go over to the ancient Latin announce team. <laughs> have two very Just in robes. Like. Yes. Yeah. So good. I was going to say two very strict headmasters from the 1940s, like, who have an uncanny ability at the native tongue of Latin. <laughs> so we get footage earlier today of Mick Foley uh, really wanting to quit his job for real and getting to do it in kayfabe instead. Ladies and gentlemen, earlier today, the World Wrestling Federation corporate jet landed here in Charlotte, and there you saw WWF Commissioner Mick Foley awaiting the arrival of the plane. Mick was summoned to the corporate jet by WWF owner Vince McMahon. I don't want any fruit from you. As a matter of fact, I, I don't really want anything from you, except maybe, maybe I want you to name a, a chair on this corporate jet after me. After all, it's guys like me with my blood and my sweat who paid for this bad boy, right? So maybe you could be sitting on the Cactus Jack couch or, or the, the Mankind chair. How does that sound, Vince? That's a hell of an idea. Yeah. I like that. Um, how about, how about the Dude Love Toilet? <laughs> I like that. of why you are who you are, Vince. A billionaire. Your own corporate jet, the pioneer of sports entertainment. Do you know how I think you should be remembered, Vince? Your greatest accomplishment. The fact that you single-handedly took a guy who loved this company, who would do anything for it, risked his life, defended the company. You were able to take that guy and you made him no longer care. And I'm talking about me, Vince. You're up on your philosophy of this company who would do anything for it, risked his life, defended the company. You were able to take that guy and you made him no longer care. And I'm talking about me, Vince. You up on your philosophers? A little Play-Doh for you? How about this? Power should be confined to those who are not in love with it. Does that hit home for you, Vince? Is that hit home? You know what it means? It means that I'm not going to stick around and wait for the WWF to fall on its ass because of you. It means that I no longer want to be your WWF commissioner. It means, Vince McMahon, that I resign. You resign? I resign. You can't resign, Vince. Why can't I resign, Vince? Because, Mick Foley, you Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to try to fire me? Would that make you feel good inside? Would that make you feel like a big man? I'll tell you what, Vince. Go ahead and fire me. You know why? 
because the outcome is exactly the same. The outcome is when I step foot off this plane and my foot touches that ground, I no longer work for the WWF. I no longer answer to you. It means, Vince, you and me are through for good. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So give it to me, Vince. Fire me. It'll make you feel good inside. Take care, Mick. Good luck. And have a nice day. Yeah, you gave us a heads up about this in a previous episode, but even so, I was still gobsmacked at how bitter and miserable yeah. this is. Fucking hates this. Yeah. We get a segment on the plane, and I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, please let us know if we're wrong, but I can't think of any of the segments that have taken place on the corporate jet. It gives it an air of seriousness that you wouldn't get with just a limo, because we're so used to limos in wrestling, but when you go and meet Vince McMahon personally on the strip in his corporate jet, that's a very important meeting we got here. It's slightly less serious, though, considering the plate of fruit salad he's got. <laughs> and he's, his like, fucking wolfing face. down, like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, what if we've learned anything from all of the Outshare podcasts when you have a seat of unquestionable power, the equivalent of the Iron Throne in wrestling is a big old plate of vegetation it is. yeah it is and he's just one so yeah like, the hummus is gone he's already onto the fruit lads he's you know scary he's eating honeydew and enjoying it like <laughs> freak give me that durian oh, <laughs> i want to no. smell it you got any spleen on the plane pal <laughs> so vince really enjoys the fruit plate of his labor plates and mick foley brings up that you know maybe they could uh, honor him by having a piece of furniture on the corporate jet such as the cactus jack couch Cute. I'm now christening this couch where all of the podcasting is taking place for season three. This is the Cactus Jack couch. You're gonna fucking pile drive me through it. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> like you know when you think the couch is being kind of low key, it's gonna rip off the the outer layer and it's going <laughs> flannel underneath. <laughs> That's the hardest part of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude love toilet, as Vince McMahon brings up as well. Hey, because mm. uh, dude love was shit. It's cute. And th- this for me was news as a kid. I was like, what's wrong with dude love? Yeah. He's one of the faces of Foley. Do you reckon it's because Mick's on the way out, he's just like, I'm just going to fucking try and upset him even more on his way out. I wonder if I can make him cry before he leaves. By the way, I never got on with, with, with your wife. She just, <laughs> she really just got me right on the dot here. It always annoys me. All your matches stank, quite frankly. <laughs> I never liked you, pal. I kind of feel like you didn't hurt yourself enough. <laughs> Given how much I was paying, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> So, Vince is basically here to listen to Mick Foley complain about his real-life issues, which is that, you know, as powerful as Vince is and as happy as he could be about all he's done at the invasion, he should be really, really chuffed with himself that he managed to take someone like Mick Foley, who loves wrestling and now couldn't give a sod about it. And mm. it's like, he basically lost all of his passion. And Vince is like, oh, okay, well, then I'm going to fire you. And he stops him from firing him. And then he says instead... He's going to go and quit, and he's going to walk off and resign. And uh, I do like that he snuck in a little DDP impression in there as well. Mm. It's the ghost of DDP. Very much a... uh, Oh, he's gone. Spectre. Well, he will be back. Yeah, one day. One sunny day. A little run in 2002. Vince says, and it's very, very nice, because Foley is like, this is the absolute last time. Like, he's deadly serious. I'm out that door. I'm going to go and become an author. I'm going to make a really good living from that. You'll be sorry. I'll make just as much money from Scooter as I did from WrestleMania. Wait until you see. There is just as much appetite for very well written, albeit rather upsetting, hardcore, 
child abuse novels Jeez. than there is for me jumping off a cage. I'll show you, you'll see. And this man with a look at his face as if to say, I know that literary market, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you in a while, Mick. See you in a while. Yeah. You want to get another autobiography? Because we've got our own publishing deal. Uh... So yeah, Foley's gone. Vince has the look to say, you'll be back. And he says, have a nice day. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. If he could have eaten his heart, he would have. Yeah. <laughs> so, the introduction for Raw uh, noted that it includes both the Dudley Boys and Stone Cold Steve Austin, evil alliance betrayers. Mm. Why are we doing promoting these guys on this branch? I mean, we've already just won the war, Kevin. We haven't got time to update all of our stuff yet. Everyone's probably still hung over from celebrating, like... Yeah, yeah they, they were that assured of themselves that they were going to win, though. You'd think they already had it sorted. That is true, yeah. So, JR opens up on his lonesome with the very, very over-the-top... But WWF is alive and well! (laughs) He's full of WWF soul, isn't he? He is. He's brimming with spirit. We're in Charlotte, North Kakalako, and the WWF is indeed alive and well. And you know it's alive and well because Vince McMahon is out in very autumnal colours. Oh, he looks several shades of Nutella and roasted hazelnut, doesn't he? (laughs) The uh, the Juggalos have come out as well. There's a lot lot on the ground. There's a lot of Juggalos in North Carolina, it seems. I guess so. Is that like a known thing? If we're to look at the Juggalo map of America, is there a condensation or a, a conglomeration in North Carolina? I don't know that for a fact, but it kind of makes sense to me. I've always had the feeling that uh, Juggalos is kind of like a southern culture, I think, like in, really? in the southern parts of America, yeah. Well, I heard the cowboys do more dope than rock and rollers. Huh. So I'm not sure if that kind of factors into the equation at all. The cocaine cowboys just don't feel right unless they're high, Kevin. <laughs> well, uh, my area of expertise is on cranked up cowboys, so I don't <laughs> think I could really... Uh, really talk about that now Vince McMahon in fairness he's the worst kind of everything here because he is one very giddy that he is beating ECW and WCW he's also beating his children that came out wrong sorry he's <laughs> also been victorious against his children mm-hmm. and also he's eating a big plate of fruit so he's full of sugar isn't he yeah. he's got it all like... he's all red and <laughs> you know so he praises Kurt Angle as being the mole and he can... Kurt Angle gets a pop yeah I, I thought at the end of Survivor Series, mm. I was Team Kurt there. Yes, he was yeah. a hero. Like He saved the day. Because yeah, he went under behind enemy lines, didn't yeah. he? And he, he did all the... He pretended to hit all of his friends. It was dangerous. And then he, he saved the day. Yeah. So American hero. Yay for Kurt Angle. Vince's voice is knackered. Yeah. He's got a lot to talk about tonight, yeah. so he's going to have to pace himself. Um, a very odd sentence, but I need to read it out. Because of Kurt Angle... ECW is dead. That's that is true. It's, what a world we live in. Because of Kurt Angle, WCW is dead. What <laughs> like a two times he said the word WCW, and he has such disdain in his yeah. voice. He rechristens the WCW Championship the World Championship, and he goes, "There's going to be lots of things happening tonight. Lots of dramatic." Changes and big moments. <laughs> Twists and turns. New storylines, pal. You don't want to change the channel tonight, guys. It's going to be good. And he also announces that we're going to get a very special club. Yes. What is this club, Billy? It's the Kiss My Ass Club, which I didn't think started this early. Really? Mm. You'd, you'd been around the time of Kiss My Ass? I am familiar with the men who have had to kiss the end of Vince McMahon. The end. Uh, I particularly remember a... I think it's in one of the documentaries... 
where Regal talks about being the inaugural member. So I knew it was going to be Regal yeah. straight off the bat. I, and he he does it in he does it in kayfabe way of saying how much of an honour it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, to be the first member to 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 plant his no, it, lips it on that cheek. It truly was one of the top OMG moments yep. in wrestling. Well, oh, was it in OMG? I think it was. And oh, then you cut, you cut to Jr. as well, who is like so fucking surly and sarcastic. He's like, when you have your lips pressed against the buttocks of the owner of the company, you know your status as a Hall of Famer is secured for life. <laughs> I've heard it's like the Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me, as Englishman, what's the Blarney Stone do then? You kiss it and you get iron, uh, Irish powers? No, I you think? put it into a sack and you swing it over your head and throw it at the Black and Tans. <laughs> <laughs> Learning all about the Black and Tans lately. Yeah, like. Charles Dance, he was evil. <laughs> Billy, who are some of the people you know to be in the Kiss My Ass Club? Uh... Regal, JR, Shane, mm. and Shane got like, didn't even kiss the cheek. He went full up that arse. Yeah, yeah he did. His face just kind of rubbed against it like a cloth. They but, had to pull him back out afterwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't, I can't think who else is in it. I think he made Marty Jannetty do it. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels did it. Got oh, forced just, into I, it. I do remember because Vince, when he was doing it, he went, make him kiss it, kiss it, kiss it. Yeah! Oh. And then, and then it ha- Vince. Had to kiss someone's ass. Vince, Vince yeah, Vince had to kiss Rikishi's ass. Rikishi's oh yeah, right? that's, that's which good. was when the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club ended forever in 2002 before coming back for an even longer run in 2006. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There's something about the kiss my ass club that is uh, haunting, and yeah. we'll uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I guess, we'll a little bit. get to that. Lots of thrills and spills and stories. Vince is telling us, and uh, yeah, when he says someone is going to come out here tonight. And they're going to kiss my ass. And we got mild RVD chance. Mm. Now, there's something about that that's really funny. Like, where he's like, come on, Rob, kiss my ass. And he'd be like, cool, whatever, man. Oh, no, he'd have to. Like, he would, because he's, he's, he's too chill. He's too chill about yeah, it. He's too open minded. Or he did a frog splash into it. <laughs> in <laughs> frog. Does a rolling thunder <laughs> into Vince's ass. Oh, I'd like to think he. <laughs> He would do it like, you know, you see Rob Van Dam sell a pile driver or a DDT where he springs, <laughs> kisses and then goes, <laughs> whiplash. Yeah. So, he, on a side note, because it's obviously a plot hole, Vince is like, oh, by the way, the champions are all hired as well. I've hired the European champions, yeah. the champions all that. I think they did say that in Survivor Series, yeah. that yeah. all you champions would... are safe. Okay, that's all right. Uh, he did also hire Stacey Keebler, so, you know, that's all right. She's not a champion, but, you and know. She's with the champions, though. Uh, it's... It's Vince McMahon, of course he hired Stacey Keebler. Yeah, like. She does this thing with Bubba Ray Dudley's mirror. It's the funniest <laughs> goddamn thing. <laughs> he promises a world of shit for Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he then he like he goes from being happy to evil way too quickly. That's the problem with Vince. Yeah. All his birthdays go like this as well. I was like, oh guys, thank you so much. And then like two minutes later, it's like, I'm gonna execute my plans. Yes. Yeah, execute. He is one step removed from saying that tonight will be a night. For all to remember. (laughs) He points out over on commentary that uh, there's an empty chair. It's like, over there by Jim Ross. I don't know why, but when he goes over to Jim Ross, the chair goes, Hi, Vance. Literally one of my top five geo moments of all time. It's like seeing your mum when you're in like a nativity play. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Hi, mum. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. That's so cute. He teases that Paul Heyman's going to come out and uh, he says, you know, I'm a First Amendment kind of guy. 
And with that in mind, I want to bring in Paul Heyman. Honestly, this is one of my favorite segments. I love this. Of all, I think this has got to be my top three segments of all time. Like yeah. non, Non-wrestling, just in the ring kind of stuff happening and talking. I get goosebumps. It's every time I watch this. It's one of the few things that consistently I think is the greatest thing ever. From when I very first saw it to this moment. I've watched this hundreds of times. So you got like Heyman coming out. Because like, Vince is making it. Oh, I'm a First Amendment guy. I like the controversial opinions, which yeah. that's true about Vince. Yeah. That, that is literally why he actually hired Paul yeah, Heyman. Yeah. And Heyman comes out, he goes over to, to JR. At the start, he looks a little bit nervous. And then he kind of walks very slowly. He's like, all right. And then he puts on the headsets and just straight like, I'm not going to play with it. <laughs> that's <laughs> maniacal laughter. Like. I, I got away with it. I got away with it. I got away with it. He just, that's, that is such an admission of, oh yeah, I knew the whole time that I'm a bollocks yeah. and I got away with it too. And he's like, wearing a WWF hat. Yeah, I know, the fucking phony. Like, we've not been looking that lid you've been wearing the last six months, you <laughs> piece of shit. This is fucking brilliant. And you know, Vince is like, yeah, I'm cool what you said, but come on in the ring here a second, Paul. Uh, you know, I like the free speech, ECW, all that kind of, Devon, get the tables, all that kind of a thing. When he, when he mentions that he, he respects the First Amendment, Heyman just goes, it's my favourite amendment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to speak your opinion. Like, exactly, and I will do it right there for you every Monday on Raw. It's like, I love the things you said on uh, on Thursday. Like, yeah, that's the big problem where Heyman, like, eviscerated him. Yeah. You know, I love this Vince. Like, he, he had to fire him pretty much straight away because he couldn't keep the pretense going there. Like, oh, no, I love what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explode, yeah, yeah. No, especially the bit about my dad. You really got me there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my face red. Yeah. The bit, the bit about the blood building Titan Towers. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. You're fired! <laughs> Heyman's face yeah. oh man the classic just he goes from the biggest smile just to oh devastation he goes to fight Vince McMahon who straight away takes off his coat and JR's like oh, Vince McMahon he's going to kill Paul <laughs> and then he goes to fight JR yeah he just <laughs> goes out the ring and just goes for JR JR beats the shit out he potatoes the loving <laughs> fuck out of and I love that you got the JR tongue on the bottom lip you woman, you goddamn woman! <laughs> this is fucking so funny. I love the idea. Like he's not gonna fight Vince. He's gonna pick up someone his own size and shape. Yeah. Like go right for Jr. And then as Heyman is literally being carried away, like dragging and screaming, he gets introduced to his replacement. Yep. But when he comes out and that music is playing, that and music. He just points at Heyman and does a little like, ha ha ha. 
<laughs> and you know like how much those two hate each other for real yeah and it's a testament to how good a performer that Heyman is that I get goosebumps every time Jerry Lawler comes back and JR goes all is right in the world at least at the announce desk <laughs> oh, oh that is so fucking lovely like it's, it's one of the best examples of comeuppance I think in yeah. wrestling yeah. of a villain just flat out getting what they deserve and the crowd being happy like fucking love this moment I kind of wish like they went all in with this though much much further like where you know JR wakes up from a sleepy sleep and they're like oh it's Jerry Lawler yay it's all, all in the doorway like. and Bill Watts is there too <laughs> yay Stone Cold is here <laughs> all my pals oh man so we got JR and King back on the announce desk yeah, that's the end of Heyman. Heyman never returns to commentary. He nah. does like a he did like you know, a few little guest spots here and there, like for for matches. Mm. But that's one of the big things about season three that has made this such a palatable journey yeah. in many ways. Heyman on commentary. I think looking back now, I know it's only six months. I think that's probably my favorite announced team of all time. Absolutely, it's the best yeah, without fail. Like the most entertaining, the most interesting, the best chemistry. Just yeah, the best. All right. Well, we've got shitloads of matches to get through and it's a little bit hodgepodge and random but hey Lee and Trish Stratus aka the women's championship match they're legit teasing at this moment in time that Matt Hardy and Trish Stratus are having an affair literally yeah, yeah. like sleeping together now King I don't know like, this is obviously the King is back so they have to go for the women's match straight away He, it's built up He's not been around, so it's yeah. built up. So I'll, 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 I'll give him a little bit of this one. He's like, get out of your system, Jerry, and get out of his system, he does. And uh, JR, trying to impress his cool bad boy new friend, goes, puppies are about to get... Uh, anyway. Oh, JR. <laughs> yeah, I know you're happy one thing, to see him. It's one but... thing Jerry doing it, but JR Come just off like... it now. <laughs> I know he just started immediately. Like, yeah. nope. Oh, no, I haven't made a like, Literally, like, he's been sat down for 45 seconds. Yeah, and literally. he's screaming puppies over and over again. I mean, you say that he's had it backed up, but while he's been gone, he's been to the XWF, he's been to the WWA, and these are places where he was allowed to be... Much more Jerry yeah. Lawler than he was in the WWF. If anything, like, this is uh, them trying to pull him out of being too dark-sided. Like, yeah, you know, get, get the symbiote of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Some great commentary here from King. Watch the puppies. Puppies can bruise. That's a great image to have in our heads. Ooh, sexy times. Sexy bruised breasts. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, many botches in this match. Yeah. And it is kind of sad that, yes, we brought back the Women's Championship at Survivor Series... But, you know, Trish has improved loads, but she still is essentially not really fully trained. No. Yeah. And her and Lita, like, when they're having this straight-up match, they're trying loads of new stuff. There's loads of botches, and all they're talking about are their tits. So it's kind of like, all right, yeah, women's wrestling is ain't going, like... <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled programming, basically. Like... Yeah, they, they, I'm pretty sure within a month of this... There's people wrestling in eggnog, and then gravy. Actually, no. This November, there is people wrestling in gravy, yeah. and then eggnog, and then, like this. The, the fluid season is upon us. I mean, we said it like from the start that it only gets worse and worse and worse after the Attitude Era. Like, so 
make the most of this match while you can because it's probably not going to be a lot more wrestling for the women. Scary fucking elbow drop by Trish. She like she does it uh, off the top to hit Lita, and he like rolls out of the way, and they still hit each other. It's like ooh, mm, real contact. And then Trish baseball slides out of the ring. She hits Lita and Matt Hardy, and then uh, Matt's like holding his mouth. Ah, uh, my mouth, aka my pie hole, is hurting. <laughs> And then Jerry, with some really weird commentary, goes, Uh-oh, his teeth are loose. No kissing for him tonight. <laughs> Jerry, why are you thinking about that? Oh, you know when you're kissing somebody, you just like, rub your teeth against each other. <laughs> teeth all fall out. Oh, sparks are flying. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> so horrible. Oh. You know what? Legitimately, I can't wait to be a toothless old man and like, make it out. It's going to be great. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be fucking no great. No fucking teeth in the way, baby. Yeah, this, this shit is just fucking surplus to requirements. <laughs> oh, man, I want to get my snog on. <laughs> Do you want no teeth fucking ruin this? I'm telling Joe you said I want to get my snog on <laughs> on recording. You tell her that. It's fine. I don't care. Um... Matt puts groggy Lita back in the ring before she's ready. Yeah, yeah this is fucking rude. It's a little bit crap. Like, what a rubbish manager. Seriously. Like. And then, uh, yeah, Trish immediately cradles her and picks up the win against Lita. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of telling the story that maybe Lita is the more competent wrestler, but uh, she's got the worst boyfriend, so there the you go. Stupidest fucking boyfriend. <laughs> Just like the Hardy Boys, we're breaking up. <laughs> we're going to let you know what season four is later, but all I'll say is the Hardy Boys won't be a part of season four. No, this is the last we're having a look at these guys for a little while. It's been a lot of fun with the Hardys. All I will say is if you're a background patron, there will be some Hardy Boys-themed goodness coming your way very, very shortly. I thought now might be a good time just to reflect a little bit on Matt and Jeff, a.k.a. the Hardy Boys, and the fun we had with them along the way. I mean, this was definitely... <laughs> I mean, you see Edge and Christian and where they went and where the Dudleys went. The Hardy Boys, I kind of feel like they're the odd ones out of those three teams. I think the only odd one out is Jeff, to be honest with you. Because really? I think that yeah. a lot of guys have done big improvement. Like, look at Edge and Christian. Both of those guys have just, like, grown and exponentially yeah. changed their characters up. Matt, like, everything we've talked about in the, with the Hardy Boys in Season 3 has been like, Matt did this, and this affected Jeff some way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff's Matt, not done much. No, Matt's had all the character development this season, and Jeff has literally been standard Jeff Hardy, how he always has been. Like, he's, he's the Graham Chapman, isn't he? Like, pretty much. He's the straight man yeah. here for, for wacky Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Got no willow here. Like. No, literally, yeah. We needed a bit of something from Jeff, I think. You know, it was, I think the thing with the Hardy Boys is, I would say they're late bloomers, because they're obviously still fantastic, but like, in terms of the characters and what the characters actually were and mm. them actually being comfortable on the microphone I'm not even sure if Jeff ever fully got there but for Matt yeah. it was a long time and this is obviously the start of it because by 2002 I think Matt Hardy was really good on the mic yeah he gets there he gets there they weren't here at this point in time no no they were not <laughs> backstage Vince McMahon visits the Alliance Dregs Oh, I had Alliance Remnant World written down. <laughs> All the spare bits of Alliance going spare. Like. What is it you call those things you get in the chip shops? Scrunks? Oh, scrumps. the scrumps. Scrumps. This or is scrumps. great. I'm glad this has come up on the podcast because now we're going to get tweets about this from all over the UK. They have different names for it all over the shop. Really? Like, it's like bread rolls. Like. Yeah. It's so like, say what they are first before the people in America are like, England, I don't even know what that is. So in our chip shops here, some chippies, not everyone, but some chippies do this thing where all the bits of batter that have like fallen off the fish or the battered sausages or whatever, they get them all into like a big pile and with like a little shovel, you can like have them chucked on your chips. So basically, if you're a geologist, this would be scree. 
Mm-hmm. Or if you're an industrial chemist uh, smelting iron, this would be scrag. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You can call it scrag. We call it batter bits in our hometown because that's what it is. It's bits of batter. Could you go and go give me a little bit of batter bits? Yeah, a little bit of batter bits, please. <laughs> a little bit of batter bits. Oh, well, if you want a bit of battenberg afterwards, that could be a bit hard. I'm worried about the battenberg, but you a bit better there, Kevin. So <laughs> it's a bit of battenberg. No, I don't want to bite into a bit of battenberg. I, 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 so. I want Billy to get a little bit of, bit of, bit of battenberg. <laughs> But like, so you you may have heard on Steven Universe they call them the bits. Yeah, like, the bits. It's the bits. Oh, so they get them in America. I guess because like, in Ireland we can't have them, and I assume it's because they're nice. Yeah, they are good. Yeah, they're real good. So we're not allowed to have them. We just put them in the bit. You, you don't get it in Chester either. Really? No, it's it's. I know really... Chester seems like the kind of place where you would get them. No. In Skegness, you can get them, called, yeah. and they call them scraps, which is like quite common around the UK. I would call them skegs. When I was first in Lincoln, one of the first chippies I went to, I asked if I could have scraps on my chips, and the woman just looked at me and went, "Scrumps, though, yeah, scraps, yeah, scrumps, though." Like, so there seems to be. And she seemed annoyed that I had the gall to ask for scraps. The SC seems to come into it a lot. Yeah, well, you did. It does until I can't remember where it is. I think it's like the southeast because I looked this up the other night. I was actually having a conversation with someone about this. There's a part of the UK where they're called grubbins for some reason. <laughs> I just don't get. That. They sound like low-level baddies from Fable. <laughs> oh no, grubbins! There's grubbins in my barn. <laughs> Well, because I, I know the term gubbins. Gubbins is like all oh, like your coochie bits you and have pieces, dinner, like, like yeah, your gubbins. bits and bobs. Yeah, literally. Well, we didn't have scrunks in uh, scrunks. We didn't have scrundos. They're in Oddworld, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so Vince is with them. Except honestly, I don't know if we could refer to this motley crew of random people as uh, scrumps. As, you know, they're, they're delicious. I mean, you these, know, these grubbins of the alliance. All we've got going on here is a bunch of people with blonde hair and the Dudley Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So Test is like, I've got a medium. He like doesn't even apologise to Vince. He's just like, you can't do shit on that. Literally, I've got a medium. I'm going to do a lot with this storyline. Then he's just going to say it. Is that it? Like, you know, <laughs> cool. Vince has got it in for Rob Van Dam because Rob Van Dam turned him down, and ooh, mm. he doesn't like that. And Vince divide and conquer because he doesn't want any of these. Alliance boys, like, they do like a thing where Regal tries to keep them all together. He's like, come on, we have to band together. If we don't, like, we'll be eaten alive. Like, it's it's the wilderness now. We have to keep together. I love that. But Vince wants to divide and conquer, so he has the Dudley boys take on Rob Van Dam in a handicapped table match. And Rob Van Dam, tall order, says, cool, whatever, man. And then Christian says, I would say it's an honor to be working with you again, sir. And Vince goes... Get out of my sight. <laughs> I love that. Less is more sometimes with Vince. Like. Oh, man. So no Stone Cold yet? No. When I watched this as a kid, I was like, where's Stone Cold? Because he's fucking... Like, he's, he's been a fucking monster. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see him held to task. I wanted to, I wanted to go straight up Mussolini and you know, shove his balls in his mouth and hang him upside down. Uh. But put him in a cage at least. Something, yeah. You know? Go to wrestling jail. Like, <laughs> to be fair, they're doing a good job of building up to it because you do keep getting like these ominous shots of like the road leading up to the arena, and it's like in mm. Twin Peaks when it will just cut to traffic lights for a little while or something. You get that that sense of dread that something <laughs> bad is coming. Just hear what's going on here in the background, <laughs> screaming. Like. Rob Van Dam versus Bubba Ray and Devon in a handicap tables match. 
Rob Van Dam being punished by Vince McMahon by being put into this match, and Rob Van Dam being punished by the seamstress by wearing whatever the fuck that singlet is. Aww. It's awful. He comes out looking ashamed. Aww. It's so rough. It's, it's because he lost, mate. It's because the Alliance is dead and buried now. Like, oh, that's they, only, it. they only get like the shitty singlets that are left in like the cardboard box in the, the, the back lo- room. The lost like, and found. Like, literally. You know, like, yeah. That's where Ryback got most of his gear, I'm no. pretty sure. Jerry wishes that... Oh, God. <laughs> There's two things very, very weird about this. Number one is Jerry the King Lawler promoting Gundam Wing. There's something very yes. weird about what? that. What? Yeah. Gundam Wing! Available now for PlayStation 2? Weird. That's the... Get inside the mecha's ones! <laughs> <laughs> Jerry in a Gundam is a very scary, like... Yeah, that's terrifying. Unlimited power. I don't oh. want him having unlimited Jerry power. Jerry in big Zam, like... So, uh, Stacey Keebler comes out here. Woohoo! You! Woo! Mm. Woo! <laughs> I have not missed this. So yeah, I mean, everyone's always happy to see Stacey Keebler. Mm-hmm. Uh, objectively, one of the greatest performers of of the invasion. She she did. She, honestly, tell me somebody did better from WCW than Stacey Keebler. Mm-hmm. She got over. Book. No, no, don't say Booker T. No, you're um, right. You're you're absolutely oh, right. It's, it's gotta be someone. Me. <laughs> meat meat got over no meat was a launching board for Stacey Keebler I'm afraid yeah. alright yeah. no I think Stacey Keebler yeah. was the most successful You're always right. on to bigger and better things she was too good for WCW she was too good for George Clooney like moving on and on to better and better things too good to use her own mirror mate <laughs> So Jerry Lawler is infatuated with Stacy Keeper, and then he goes, "Whoa, Stacy Keeper! I wish so. It's kind of a problem, Jr. We got an age difference." And Jr.'s like, "Oh, have you matured by being in Australia and the XWF?" He goes, "No, I wish he was younger." Uh, did, did oh my god, yeah. I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, yeah. Stacy was just about to hit her twenty-first birthday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah. That's just it's, evil. It oh, he's like, what, 45 here, 46? Oh, he's older than that. Like, and she's yeah. too old for him. Yeah. You f- oh, you pig. It's Jerry, an MTV <laughs> producer. She's a bit long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, the uh, red light is going to start flashing in her hands and she's going to be taken away. Oh, by. God. Devon with his sick fucking neckbreaker. Oh! Mm. Rob Van Dam folds up like an accordion. It's great. And goes... <laughs> Van Dam and by Rob Van Dam, who's very much outmatched in this two-on-one match. It gets a little bit botchy, though. They, I think they tried to do a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, they, they do put a lot of effort in for what this match is. They're like, like three minutes to do a table yeah. match. So Devon's laid out on a table. And there's another table set up beside him. And Rob Van Dam goes up top. And starts to do the five-star frog splash. And he jumps over one table. But Devon jumps off his table. Mm. So Rob Van Dam hits the second table. But because it's a bit of a distance, what basically happens is Rob Van Dam's arms and face just go yep. through yeah. this table. It looked fucking hideous. Yeah, really scary. How does that not give you a concussion? Yeah, and it always makes me think of Rob Van Dam's eyelid whenever he goes ah, to, go, going it. face first through a table. <laughs> oh God! But that's not it though, because then he gets a three D and the like table doesn't break. Yes, and then gets a second three D. The le- long day at the office, like for all that, because yeah, you have to be put through a table, and he already put himself through one, so he basically goes through three tables. Yeah, it's horrible. His ego's getting in the way. That's an expressive <laughs> nine tables match. So the only 
Boys win, and backstage, the all-conquering hero arrives. It's Kurt Angle with a big old smile. Yay! He's back to being a piece of shit again. Like, it's so immediately yeah. apparent. Like, hey, Kurt, how are you doing? How am I doing? <laughs> Fuck you! I'm doing great! I'm doing really well! He's a happy boy. And you know things are going well because they're bringing out the big guns for WWF New York tonight. Oh yes, yeah. they are. Who's uh, who's who's shaking hands? It's uh, Vinnie Jones cosplaying Linda McMahon, <laughs> yeah. like the leather jacket, the black turtleneck, yeah. the chain, like Sh- shaking hands, kissing babies at WWF New York, like <laughs> administrating the small business council. It's been emotional. <laughs> so yeah, there she is. I wonder if she's gonna eat a meatball sandwich. Oh, I I would pay good money to see either Vince or Linda actually with a meatball sandwich like, I endorse this restaurant. <clears throat> and then I've heard, ah, I need to swallow some of the juice. <laughs> Give you some liquor to wash it out. So yeah, Linda's there doing the Lord's work with the, uh, the patrons of WF New York. I'm glad we never got to see our Lions New York. Oh, can you imagine the food? It would have been all like, real heel food, wouldn't it? Like, you know, I mean... If it's going to be the opposite, Wait, it would have just it would just been it would have just been old WWF food. <laughs> oh god, that's how they operate. It would have been leftovers. Wasn't <laughs> it? it would have been like two or three WCW dishes, and it's mostly like, yeah, come on, Alliance, you know, uh, New York, so you got to do a Christian club sandwich, <laughs> and fucking you know, stone cold fries. Or it would have been just like normal food, but with a couple of little bits of the ingredients changed around to <laughs> to make it copyright different. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Angle meets The Rock. Well, you're not going to thank me? This is masterful stuff here because, you know, you, you, you shouldn't be want to boo Kurt here. Nah. And The Rock, very, very succinctly, and not by doing his, you know, he not being over the top rock. He's yeah. very quiet and well-spoken. He basically says why Kurt shouldn't be cheered because Kurt was pretty much in a situation where he fucked over all the boys. Yep. And he didn't tell anyone. Yep. And him keeping secrets meant that he hit all his friends in the head. You know, one one month of shite, basically, he had to put up with. Yeah. And he's like, one month, Kurt, of hitting everyone in the head with a chair. Hitting The Rock with a chair. Hitting Chris Jericho with a chair. Was it worth it? And Kurt goes, uh, yeah. Obviously. Boo-hoo, <laughs> so I put a dent in your head. <laughs> you know. He challenges Kurt Angle for a match for his championship. And also, I can never trust you because you are a heel boo. It's it's good, the logic The Rock uses, because he is like... He's not so fucking immature that he's going to be completely ragging on Kurt. He acknowledges that Kurt did save the day, and it's thanks to Kurt that they did technically win last night. But he points out, and this is something I didn't realise as a kid, that Kurt could have easily, just as easily stayed on the Alliance's yeah. team if things started to go south for the WWF. Yeah, Edge does this later as well, where yeah. he's like, you know, you were in a win-win situation because no matter what happens, you know, if... Because you kept it a secret, it's only up to you which team you're going to end up with. Like. Yeah, like, if, for instance, the Alliance team had locked out, like, all the members and it was just down to one, Kurt would have stayed. But, you know, that obviously was never going to happen. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Shane and Stephanie arrive in a car. <laughs> can't believe we had to drive ourselves. Shane's all fucking stoic and shit. Like, mm. he's coming back from fucking war. Vince calls him out to the ring. He's like, no music. No, no pomp and circumstance. 
Just walk out quietly. How many times have we heard No Chance in Hell already this evening? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like that we got into the kind of the ambient like second sense of come on, come on, come on, get it. It's that real Michael Jackson. So yeah, Shane Stephanie come out to no music, which basically means that you get to hear what the crowd has to say. And everyone just starts chanting slush. I can't tell you how proud I am as a father to hear a jam-packed arena Shout the chant of slut to my oh, daughter. Oh my, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's his baby girl. That makes me so proud. Oh. What has happened to us? And Vince just goes, how lovely, how proud I am as a father to hear 18,000 people calling my daughter a slut. That's a shoot. I was like, literally... I was going to write that, Vince. You're stealing my bits here yeah, now. Yeah. Come on. You can't even parody the man. What is... What? He is proud. I, I guarantee that's a shoot, and he is actually proud, like... And him and Stevie, little ding. Like, yeah. yeah, we did it, like... <laughs> Lovely turtleneck on Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you know he's been humbled. Like, the turtleneck, the quiet face. Like, he's just the... been brooding all day. Now, we call it the humble neck for a reason. <laughs> Literally. And, and he's going to be, like, sat in a park feeding the ducks, like, all afternoon. You just know it. You know he's got a nice long coat to go with that. So, yes. you know, you can go to his quiet place just to think and take some black and white photos. Mm-hmm. Also, I just noticed this little bit of world building here, a little bit of continuity. Shane is wearing the same turtleneck from the night he bought WCW from You're his right. dad. You're absolutely right. Fucking A. And simulcast. Who says there's no world building in wrestling? <laughs> Same jumper. Now, no. Don't you come at me. <laughs> don't you come at me with that wash cycle theory again, okay? Yes, he has a lot of clothes. He is rich. It would feasibly be a six-month wash cycle that Shane would be on. But still, world building. <laughs> Shane says, congratulations. You won. I lost. And I lost to the better man. I'm out of here. That's good. That's basically guaranteeing that next time you see Shane, he'll be a face. Do you like, remember the next time you see Shane? No, I don't actually. I think you would have stopped watching by that point. Probably, yeah. Shane was around when you were watching, was he? With Vince and stuff in like 2005, six. Yeah, because he turned he turns up for the D, the DX return. Yeah, and stuff he, like that. So, yeah, he basically wrestled all the matches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that the next time he's back? No, the next time he's but well, that's the next time he's back full time. The next time he's back at all was WrestleMania 19 after Vince loses to Hogan. Right, Shane comes out to check on Vince. Mm-hmm. Just as kind of like a, I'm just here to see concerned it. Son. Yeah, just yeah. concerned. So, and that was kind of like meant to be a little bit of a reset. Okay, then WrestleMania 20, he's like, get it. You know, where it all begins where it all begins again. again and he's got his little kid and the yeah. kid's got an even smaller kid and mm. that kid's got an even little tiny fucking homunculus kid <laughs> so small like <laughs> you know so that and he's pretty much his proper return there was for the DX uh, reunion thing right okay so Shane's like gone gone then for ages yeah and all the while Shane is actually gone he's doubling down and becoming Mr. Mr. Corporate mm. he was doing loads of licensing deals he was big up on all sorts of stuff ahead of the time like he wanted to do like almost like a prototypical like version of the network. He wanted to stream shows on WWE.com. Like when ECW was relaunched, yeah. Shane was involved with that. He wanted to do that earlier. He wanted to do it, you know, broadcast on WWE.com so they could, you know, have no censorship. Yeah. They could do whatever they wanted to and have an edgier product. Shane also was really interested at the time in incorporating like some sort of MMA into wrestling and getting some sort of an MMA crossover. None of this ever came to light. It's really sad to think that Shane spent all these years doing all this different stuff at WWE. 
and none of his projects actually came to light. Especially because these are all ideas that are now really successful. Mm. And like Shane's probably thinking, like, if you'd have let me try that back then, we could have been really cutting edge on the forefront of this technology. Like, Why don't you go to China and sell them cricket, pal? Oh, <laughs> poor old Shane. Why don't you get embezzled out of millions of dollars in a Ponzi scheme, pal? Mm. So, yeah, Shane has gone off into the sunset. And I'm kind of disappointed because Shane... When we're we're at the SmackDown crawl over on Patreon at the moment, it's like peak regime uh, Shane, yeah. Yeah. and that was such a fascinating character all through season one. And I kind of feel like he was—he's such a loved character and such a great heel. I feel they used Shane without any concern for the long-term effects on his character. And I think the idea of Shane ever being that really endearing guy—they lost that. Yeah, like when Shane came back, we had it for like a week. Mm-hmm. You know, when he came back to fight The Undertaker. Oh, you mean like, the, the most recent Yeah, when Shane yeah. is back back. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah, here's Shane. We all love him. It's kind of like, yeah, he, just doesn't, he doesn't seem like a well-rounded individual as a character anymore. No. At the start of this season, I, Shane McMahon was just, like, fascinating, I thought. Well, he was red hot at the start of season three because he was right off the heels of having that big emotional feud with Vince over, like, Linda being in a wheelchair. Yeah. He just bought WCW because there was a shitload of intrigue around him. Just got that turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just got a nice new jumper, as evidence here tonight, like, still keeping it. It's just, yeah, I think season three for Shane overall was probably quite damaging. Like, yeah. The invasion, I should say was damaging for him. Like, his character's definitely lost a shine. Wasn't damaging for Stephanie, though, who gets to use this as a a big character moment. Daddy, you are a genius. I mean, Daddy, you had the the Alliance snowed all along. You knew what you were doing the whole time. I, I guess the only thing I really have left to say I love this. Yeah. This is Stephanie like just figuring out what she's going to be doing for the rest of her career pretty much. <laughs> like, she's got the heel role down so well. So Stephanie basically tries to seduce her father. Oh, wow. <laughs> Daddy, please. His <laughs> face when she says that turned my fucking stomach. Come on, she's wearing his favourite halter neck top. Like, what's, oh, what's that to love so for? Game of Thrones. Daddy, I'm young and naive. And Shane, Dad! Shane made me slap Mom! Shane also made me buy ECW! I didn't want to buy ECW! No fucking shit! (laughs) (laughs) Also, Shane made me say I want you to die, Daddy! I don't want you to die! I love you! And if you die, someday... <laughs> so fucking good. And I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, Jay. She literally flutters the eyelash. Yeah. She is so great here. Mm-hmm. Vince with the line of the century Security, get this woman out of my ring. This woman. Love that. <laughs> great line. Oh, that is literally the most horrible thing you could call Stephanie in her eyes. This woman. It's a horrible thing to call your child. Like, like if she called her that woman, she'd be slightly happier. But mm. this woman. Yeah. Oh, cruel use of grammar there, Vince. Literally. What an impersonal form of the verb you've taken. JR and Jerry are very shocked by Vince's callous nature. 
Second person being dragged out kicking and screaming tonight is Stephanie. And JR says, that's colder than the other side of the pillow. It's pretty cold. That's cool, not cold. Because, mm. I mean, that's like nice, the other side of the pillow. Like, no one ever flips over the pillow and goes, ooh. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's cold. JR does. He flips it over. He's like, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> like a nice hot pillow myself. <laughs> Backstage, Chris Jericho, Y2J with Vince McMahon. Does Vince get like nine checks tonight for all these appearance mm. fees? This is, uh, you know, it's a it's a fun episode of Raw, I'll say that, but it is so fucking self-indulgent on Vince's part. It's like a victory lap. Literally a victory lap. This is like when someone at the end of Mario Kart insisted watching the highlights. Yeah, the- no, no, no. <laughs> just don't skip it. Look at that blue. Remember I got you with that blue shell? <laughs> so ITJ and Vince here. Why did you fuck up so bad last night? Ego, mate. Sorry. You know, bit of banter. That's all it was. He says he's got a big ego. And Vince says he doesn't like big egos. What is Vince like? Huge egos or massive egos. Massive egos. Uh, What's that? What does it even mean? Yeah, I don't like you if you're a bit confident. I only like you if you're really confident, pal. Now, watching back on this, this is me kind of thinking that this is Jericho saying, I've got a bit of a problem with The Rock. And Vince is saying, you want to get ahead in this business, you need to have a problem with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, you need to be a proper asshole. Massive ego. Because that becomes Jericho's character now. Is that he doesn't become the angry guy who hates The Rock. He becomes this... Ego maniacal, everybody. Yeah, larger than life, living legend Chris Jericho. So he books him for a match tonight against Kane. Oh, guys, this is about coffee, all right. Oh my goodness! I think after last night, Kane's gonna want to like submerge Jericho in a vat of coffee, like <laughs> drown oh. him. Yeah, like you know, with Paul Bear with the cement, but with coffee, like. Oh man! I'm sorry, Undertaker. <laughs> oh. I love you. Please don't murder me. That is how I would kill off my manager character in wrestling. Because yeah. obviously I'd be a coffee-themed manager, wouldn't I? Like, yeah, that's true. But it would be a big, like, cafetiere or something, and it would fill up, and then you see pressed, the big like... plunge goes down, like, my God, he's been crushed! <laughs> and then I could be like, I'm sorry, Adam. Paul showed me that I had a weakness. I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Still no Steve Austin. Oh, but he's in the crowd. It's Mr. Fucking T. So, what? Yeah, Mr. T's here. Yeah, the death of WCW and ECW, Mr. T. Well, 800 collect t-shirt. In fairness, there's nothing quite like when Vincent Mann is like earlier. He's like, ECW is dead and buried. WCW is dead and buried. We got the fucking main event of WrestleMania 1 and 2 here. Mm. Fucking Mr. T. Yeah. Random. Uh, yeah, big fan of wrestling is Mr. T. Is he? He, is. He, lo- he looks like he's getting pretty into it. He, Still can... no Michael Clark Duncan levels of into it. Well, no, no one can be, no. mate. He's the biggest wrestling fan on earth. And I ask yourself, is Mr. T into this, or is Mr. T just really into the brand of 1-800-COLLECT? That's yes. what I thought, that he was literally here to get a little paycheck off 1-800-COLLECT. Is it the fucking, the, the corporate wheels turn in here? Yeah. Mr. T, would you like to come to a Raw? Can I promote 1-800-COLLECT? <laughs> Let me see how much I'll get first. <laughs> like, I bet there was a great struggle to get him not to wear a 1-800-COLLECT collect uh, tuxedo at the Hall of Fame <laughs> fine if I'm not going to talk about 100 collect I'm just going to talk about my mom and you guys are going to think it's weird so fine it's The Rock against Kurt Angle for the World Championship and we get a, an ad for Vengeance which is sponsored by Hammers and Lugs love it very solid match here between these two guys 
Kurt Angle now would have pronounced the mean streak, but the crowd was still kind of cheering him. To start off with, they were. They definitely weren't by the end of this match. Mm. Because there is a, a very noticeable bit where the Angle sucks chants start. Yeah. And when they start, you literally see Kurt like... And I know he does it all the time where he sells the like, don't boo me. But this time he is genuinely like flabbergasted. Like, wait, what? How? Angle sucks. This is impossible. Yeah. I saved the day. Like, I love that they've managed to find a way to bring back that old character yeah. mm-hmm. without feeling like it's a step back because it is still like, you know, Kurt had that big heroic run during the during the invasion, which kind of makes this even more poignant for now him. Now he's known what it's like to be cheered and to have that adulation. And he's expecting, well, I just saved the day again. So now I'm going to get even more adulation and love. Like, And he is just completely bewildered by like the disrespect. I fucking love it. I helped you process 9-11. You cheer me. <laughs> <laughs> Great commentary here when JR is talking about the WCW Championship and the lineage, and King just goes, JR, just don't even say WCW anymore. Ouch. Yeah. That'll be the, the, the remit for the next 15 years, pretty much. They killed that brand, didn't they? Yeah. Not, killed it dead. Eight months is all, and it's mm. like completely like. They bought it for a million. It's, wor- it's somehow worth less than that now. Yep. God. Rock with his big comeback, which is mostly just punches. The rock bottom gets reversed into the angle slam. Jerry demands a parade for his hero, Kurt Angle. I kind of like this that Jerry, like, he's up and around, he's cleaning yeah. up and watching. He's like, yeah. oh, well, Kurt's obviously a hero, so come on. He doesn't know. Yeah, give him a parade. I want there to be a parade in wrestling again. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Hogan got a parade when he signed with WCW and had, like, Mickey Mouse and everything, like, you know? <sighs> and you could do it now with the extended Disney universe, like Hulk Hogan, Mickey Mouse, Star Wars, you yeah. know? Not Drax. Uh, all the no, other. he will not be there. <laughs> he won't be there. The ankle lock by Kurt Angle has the Rock beat, but a quick roll-up and the Rock manages to win. Oh, and- I love that the Rock won with a roll-up. Yeah. Like, because as, as easy as it would be to make Kurt the cowardly heel, he's yeah. still... He pretty much out-wrestles the Rock for a lot of this match. Like, he gets the ankle lock in, he hits his finisher. It's purely the Rock having good instincts that he wins, like... I think they're playing up that everyone's a bit tired tonight after the big night yeah. at right. Survivor Series. So, Kurt Angle beats up The Rock afterwards. He gets The Rock bottom. Then Jericho comes out. They attack The Rock two on one. We get the ankle lock, the walls of Jericho, the ankle lock, the walls of Jericho. Jesus Christ, okay. Are they making the Scorpion King too? (laughs) That's what I'm wording here. Oh, great. It's time for our big, big segment. Vince McMahon, butt snog time. Don't call it a snog. No? No. How about if we call it an arse shift? <laughs> is, that, is that any better? Fine. Shift me arse, club. Fine. Shift me arse. You're going to shift me arse, so you are. In front of all these people here, Dolph. Do you remember the kiss me arse match, Billy? <laughs> yes, I do. It was weirdly sexual. It like, was. Oh, Dolph, I bet you're feeling pretty humiliated right now, aren't you? Going to kiss my arse, aren't you, Dolph? Oh, Yes this one Seamus realised you can watch any moment from the WWE Network he thought he'd make them count yeah seriously (laughs) I'm going to have this for a lifetime (laughs) so Regal is brought out who unfortunately falls victim to a common problem in the UK mistaking the phrase literally and figuratively because Vince is like you will literally kiss my ass like he's said it repeatedly all night literally somebody is going to kiss my ass I can't believe it like Regal has literally misunderstood what's happened here (laughs) figuratively I can't imagine what's going through his head He's like, yeah, do you want me to like set up the ring or like, get you a coffee? Or, like, you know, we Paris in a Briscoe kind of thing. <laughs> that type of a shit. Like, no, 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 no. Actually going to kiss his ass. Literally going to kiss his ass. The comedy of William Regal 
Oh, we did a whole episode of William Regal for How To Wrestling recently, and like Regal has talked like he's inspired a lot by the kind of the, the classic kind of British comedy. Yeah, and he says this is one of his favorite segments of all time that he's done. I can tell because his acting is unreal at this point. You can see that there's just like horrible things going through his head as he's coming to terms well, with what he's got to do. But there's a couple of moments as well when it actually comes down the ring. There's a couple of times where you see a wrinkle in his lips, like he's about to like proper court. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a couple of moments where his lips are quivering, like he just like knows what's about to happen. He's so like, excited. Yeah. Like... Well, it's an honour. It's a huge yeah. honour. When Vince McMahon goes, come on, I can make my ass do tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Little jiggle. What are the tricks? Because the camera doesn't really show us. The, I think he does trick. like a peck movement. Yeah. Like, wow. Which means he's tensing his chest. Like what Farouk can do with his breasts. Yeah. Vince yeah. can do with his butts. It's just normal, mate. That's just having muscles. Is. Vince looking someone in the eye as he undoes his fly and says, you do want to be employed, don't you, is too real. <laughs> it's far too real. And that happens <sighs> right here. Oh. God in heaven. And what's even darker about it is that Jerry Lawler is on cloud nine right now. <laughs> oh, this is the happiest night of my life. Yeah, because that's how you got your job back. <laughs> I wanted to think what you had to do. They wouldn't broadcast what you had to do to get your job back. Yeah, you were poisoned for a long time, mate. So Regal, you know, he puts on the chapstick. He does the smallest little smack, but I love that he purses the lips as well. Yeah, like, you know, teensiest little kiss. His face, like... Oh my god. It's like Ren and Stimpy or something. The way yeah. Yeah. The, the vivid change of facial like expression. like 30 new wrinkles on his face that you didn't know were there before. And he's humiliated. He's fucking distraught. And JR goes, how will he return to the United Kingdom? Because we, like, because I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but if, if like, we, at the border, yeah. we actually, actually ask you if you've, this kissed, what the any, if you've kissed any bums abroad. Because <laughs> we won't let you in if you have. Yeah, or you have to go and get the requisite shots yeah. right afterwards. Just stamp like, your passport with like, a Vince McMahon like kiss my kiss, ass. Bum kisser, like. <laughs> Does anyone remember the Vince McMahon kiss my ass, uh, Vince McMahon's ass, um, the web cartoon that they did? No. So, I don't know if you guys know, they did, like, around 2005 or six when they brought back Kiss My Ass Club, they did a little, like, Vince McMahon's ass, like, little cartoon thing. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm Vince McMahon, and I've got the greatest ass in the world. And his ass is like, whatever arms and do, like, you know, like, run the business I... and get into wacky adventures. Okay. So it's like, what's that adult swim show, Assy, Assy McGee? Yeah. Right. And it's funny, because the creators of Assy McGee looked at it and went, oh, that is essentially our idea, except you're doing it. So they sent him a cease and desist. Ah. Good for them. And the last, uh, I think it was like on you know, one of the, the Russian streaming sites a few years ago, but... Yeah, the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass cartoon, uh, it, it's out there. Vince voiced it himself. Wow. It's very weird to see Vince like, with his trousers by his ankles and his ass like just like doing stuff. It's like kind I've of... got to see this. Yeah. This sounds so bizarre. I know, and it's really sad because I feel like that's ruined Assy McGee for you now because you, you, wanna, you don't want to see that without Vince McMahon now, do you? This sounds to me like, do you remember when David Lynch discovered Flash and then he made Dumbland, was yeah. it called? I imagine Vince just sat on his computer like he spent a whole weekend <laughs> like, hey, I made a cartoon, pal. Come, Everyone's got to watch. It's mandatory. Like, <laughs> just drawn like fucking home movies. Yeah, yeah, literally. (laughs) They show the replay, and this is like my favorite Jerry Lawler line of commentary tonight. (laughs) They go, "Look at the replay! Look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" And as soon as Regal does the little kiss, they go to slow mo. He goes, "Yeah." (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought I was watching it with you when that happened. Like, <laughs> I also love that as soon as Regal's done the kiss, his way to save face is to adjust his tie and just like pull a face. Like, oh no, we'll just pretend that never happened. To release the gas that's built up inside oh. him. Oh man, they cut backstage. Regal's on the warpath. Yeah. He's pissed off. He's fucking pushing people around. You think it's bloody funny, sunshine? <laughs> and then he goes up to Taz. Do you know what he says to him? But he's like, look at him, he wants to fight. You want me to bop, yeah? Bop! <laughs> oh, this is the warrior. Seriously. <laughs> I'm heavy and well known. They write about my raids in the Blackpool Tribune, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Taz, who's like, man, what a kisses. Because, you know. You're laughing now, Taz, but, yeah. you know. You'll be back in the locker room with a microphone again. Pretend right. you're called Terry. Now there is kind of a there's a follow through with Regal having to kiss the ass. Uh, he comes out on SmackDown. They have a great little segment on SmackDown afterwards, where Regal comes out after getting his job back, and he confronts Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's basically like, you know, you sold me a false bill of goods. If it wasn't for you, you know, uh, the alliance would have been successful. Or if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have had to kiss Mr. McMahon's bloody ass to get my job back. And I, you know, I'll never forgive you what you've done. And every time he's talking, Steve Austin takes out a little hanky and puts it over his mouth. He's like, I'm sorry, it just, it smells like shit when you talk. Oh, fuck's sake. It's a great moment where Austin reaches into his Daisy Dukes and he pulls out all this candy. He's like, put all this gum and candy and shit in your mouth. Because <laughs> your mouth smells like shit. <laughs> From one little peck on Vince's it's cheek. brilliant. Like, love it. Great segment. So, here we go. Kane taking on Y2 Jerkass. Mm-hmm. Kane gets blindsided by Y2J mid-pyro. Ooh. Mm. Kane does big moves in response. This is some good action, i got to say. Like, these, these two yeah. have great chemistry. Like They always, always. do. JR um, kind of ruins Kane's momentum at the start going... Kane is really impressive here. All kinds of big moves coming out here, and I, I, I hate to say it, but Kane, Kane's on, Kane's on fire. Uh, I know that's not nice to say. Kane obviously oh. had a backstory, got burned. His brother, brother burnt down the funeral home. Kane family curse has had a terrible impact on this young man's life. And Glenn Calloway has uh, not the man we once knew. <laughs> but he's on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't turn this phrase anymore. Dirty horn in the crowd. Oh, oh yeah. How did they wait until now? Like, Look, it's such a horrible horn. How did they not do that when Regal kissed Vince's ass? Because <laughs> like, it is a big. <laughs> it's like the brown note. Like, Vince would have shat in Regal's it face. Sounds like a demon. It's horrible. The horn literally sounds like a child from Super Nanny. Like, <laughs> no, you do not do that. You respect mummy and daddy, and you do not <laughs> run out into the fucking street. Like, Get back here. <laughs> Lion Salt by Jericho into the choke slam, which then gets reversed into a low blow. They're playing off some of their old spots. Yeah. Armageddon and stuff. Love it. The big man Kane goes up top for the, the big dive in Lariat, but he gets smashed with a chair. Full heel beatdown by Jericho. It's very hard to have the smaller guy do the big beatdown of the monster, but he fucking kills Kane mm. here. I remember being really excited by Jericho as a heel. Yeah? Yeah, because like he was one of my faves. I thought, he's going to be one of the top guys now, yeah. surely. And it really ends up being a letdown. 
It, I mean, he, he technically becomes one of the top guys during this run, but it is underwhelming, yeah. Like, this, he's literally a poster child of how you can become a top guy and still have a rubbish time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know if you guys know this, he gets used as a prop in the Stephanie Triple H divorce yeah. storyline. No. Or, yeah, Chris Jericho wearing two belts has to go and get Stephanie her special ointment. The undisputed champion, for God's yeah. sake. Like. And he's like, I should be doing this. I'm the undisputed champion. I, I should have to go get your dog. And he's like, well, you know, you have to... Okay. Oh, great job, Chris. It was, it was one of them, like like Kevin Owens. Well, I'm happy to see my fave get the belt, but Jesus Christ, could you not do it a little better? Jericho falls over doing the walls of Jericho. Yeah, the playground way to do it. Like, couldn't tell if this was an intentional, like, to put over how big Kane is, or if he was actually fucking up. Like, no, he's watch? fucking up because he's done it to Kane before. Oh, you're right. He has, hasn't he? He's yeah, done it to Kane issue. plenty of times. Yeah. This is Jericho fucking Just up. A his stamina's up, but he hasn't been maintaining his core by eating beans. Like, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but it's, he went on, he said in, like, in an interview since, like, why did you do that shitty Boston Crab now? It's like, oh, because I need to do it so I could do it on everyone of every size. And I guess this was him trying to do the Lion Tamer yeah. on Kane and just falling miserably. Like, he falls, he splats himself in his he face. He it up twice in embarrassing. And the second time, he's like, because he kind of has his legs and he's just going like, eh! <laughs> yeah, it's just like how you help someone stretch after yoga. That's, you're, <laughs> you're helping the big guy there. His quads are going to get blasted otherwise. So, yeah, good guy Jericho. I mean, you can kind of see that lots of storylines and feuds are being set up now. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know we're kind of towards the end of this episode, but I kind of wanted to know when you were watching this, given what we had been seeing for the invasion, was this making you excited as to what's to come? Like, is that they were setting up enough new stuff? Did it seem intriguing? None of this stuff did. Mm. The end did. Yeah. Mm. But the, but the rest, of the, the rest of everything didn't. It just feels like it's going to be the same stuff. Kind That's of, isn't it. it. I think exciting isn't the right word because no. it's like it's just yeah, equilibrium. We... It's the status quo. Exactly. We've had Y2J and Kane do something before. We've had a heel Kurt Angle being cocky on top. Well, the same thing is, like... Kurt's a heel now, and Kurt's going to be working with the faces that he worked against the last month, being Literally. heel as a mole. Yeah. So you're not really getting much new. Not I guess a huge change, other than Kane and Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Backstage, Kurt Angle is peeved off. No appreciation. No respect. No, he, he's been to school and he got no respect. It's skew. You know, <laughs> R- R- Rap and Ronnie, he ain't got no respect either, you know? <laughs> hey, Edge, I bet you're feeling kind of foolish, huh? Feeling kind of foolish for saying that I was yellow and I proved that I wasn't yellow, I proved that I'm a hero. I bet you got something silly to say to me now, huh, Edge? And then Egg says that Angle was working both sides. I guess you could say Kurt was taking a little bit over easy, if you know what I'm saying. He is the head man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get my last one out. Yeah, right? finishing yeah, season know. three on a high. Like, yeah. Edge, Edge also points out that he has, um, he doesn't have to thank Kurt for anything because Edge saved himself. Yeah. Edge, is the champion, one, yeah. Edge is the one who's there with two titles. Yep. I wrestle test. I don't need your help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see you're right. The reason why these guys here can't give me much of a hard time is that what did you all have before we sat down? We had eggs. We had yeah. eggs. They were really nice. Were they? They were really good. Yeah? Yeah. See? Team Egg. <laughs> it's worth it for Kevin's face right now. He looks like the happiest boy on earth. I am. Like, like I a little am. cherub with I'm, his rosy cheeks. I'm like so. a dog with two dicks. I'm happy. <laughs> I've got questions, but I'm going to wait till after we're recording. Like. 
I need clarification. <laughs> Just think of any dog. Right. Right. Well, any male dog. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about this later if you want. <laughs> Just imagine like the dog would be like <laughs> <laughs> that face. All right. All right. Is there still time to pull out of season four? <laughs> no, you're you're now you've committed. Coming up next in a civilian clothing match, Raz versus Regal. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is a triple threat match because it's it's Regal, Taz, and Smoke. Oh my <laughs> like god! Fog, John Carpenter, Fog. Like. Oh, it's unbelievable. This guy, someone's clouding in here as well. Yeah. Now, Billy, so as as the vape master here, as yeah. as very much the Paul Y of the group as it pertains to vaping, uh, you introduced me to the new verb of clouding recently. Yes. Uh, what is clouding? And let us know if Big Show is a clouder. Oh well, clouding is predominantly done by people who have no interest in nicotine okay so that is for people to the clouding is specifically for people who do tricks vaping tricks so they're, they're people who've never smoked in their lives okay i've bought a vaporizer and i've got e-juice that is not nicotine so you can't cloud with nicky juice is what you, you're saying you can but the vast majority of people who do cloud will not be using nicotine. You'd probably get really sick if you were clouding that much nicotine all yeah. the time. Wouldn't it would you? go and like the end of 2001 Space Odyssey if you clouded A lot of time these days when you go to a vape shop they will ask you is this for smoking or is this for clouding <laughs> and then they will recommend you vapes yeah. for each one because there's different types of Vaporizers. There's the Lakitu. There's the. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I've got the. Uh, well, I've got the uh, the Aspire V2. There it is. Uh, look. In black. Have you got a discount code that you can use on the website there? Oh <laughs> yeah. <well listeners>. Seriously, <laughs> we can become the first pod. What a fucking dirty fucking thing to <laughs> sponsored by vape, vape juice. <laughs> oh. Get a free uh, electronic dance record uh, digital download for every vape you buy. I mean, you you must have seen it in like town before now, though, Kevin. When you see someone with a vape and you like you, you see can't them blow see it out, head. and and yeah, the amount that comes out is just astronomical. It's like comedy level. I just thought they were whatever the vape equivalent of really hungry is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they need a big portion. Like, you know, oh, they're, you know? they're just vaping sugar water there. Oh mm. man, posers. Mm. So big show. He was a prolific smoker in his time, was he not? Big time, yeah. Yeah, I'm. My guess is going to be that Big Show is not a clouder because you're not going to cloud in the Hall of Fame because as you, well. you're not. Well, you you're know not the song it, though. You're I'm... not getting anything out of it though. Yeah, you're not you... getting any nicotine out of it. You're like you're just. He, Unless he like just wants to onset his diabetes further by just smoking a footload of sugar water. But he's a big, big man with big, big lungs. Yeah. Maybe he can cloud with regular nicotine vapes. Maybe he's having it for the nicotine fix and clouding at the same time. That's true. I mean, what, what would be clouding for a normal person is vaping for the big show. Exactly, yeah. And as the song goes, I'm clouding in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> na, 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 everybody know your name. But his vape juice does need a lifeguard, so I think that says it all. Yeah, right. yeah that's true. So, yeah, either Big Show's at the Hall of Fame and the fucking bongs and the smoke is travelling back in time, or Rob Van Damme has had a hard time after going through three tables, but we get a fucking serious dank mist. Yeah. it's I've never seen it this bad. This is like Mad Max dust storm levels because it just gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. What's like, it from? Is it the left? It's, ta- it's Taz. It's Taz. It's Taz. <laughs> it's his pyro. Like it always happens, but never normally this bad. I like, remember I'd like Survivor Series 2000. I remember there was like heavy fog in the air. Yeah. 
like because I remember that being there for most of the night. But this, like, it's like this looks like when the roof was on fire in TNA. Yeah, you can barely yeah. see by the end of this match. It's fucking hilarious. And Mike today is like, guys, we've got some great news. We're gonna file out in an orderly manner. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> the fire marshal is here. What's he gotta think about Monty Brown? You know he wants to be in that Ultimate X match later on tonight. <laughs> so yeah, Regal comes out. Fists fucking fly. Yes, he I is furious. Love I love that he's just wearing the, the, the shirt and suit pants. Yeah. Really great. It's like Vince McMahon has unintentionally unleashed some sort of evil within William Regal mm. by doing this to him. Well, this is where Regal goes with the brass knucks now. Mm-hmm. This is when he becomes that really nasty character. Like, mm-hmm. I'll always remember the brass knucks run where he, like, did a bit where he, like, he punched Edge in the stomach and Edge started to go, Bwah! Oh, God. Loads of sauce came out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. Fucking horrible. Oh, the best one ever is when he didn't he do it on Big Show and then Show just, like, <laughs> falls. And Re- Regal with the big comedy cell, like, Let's <laughs> get squashed by him. Oh man! So yeah, fist fly. I think Taz gets like one or two punches in. The match is over in thirty seconds. Yeah, Taz taps out, but it's not on hard camera, and there's fog. So I, I don't trust the validity of this win. <laughs> it's a screw job. Yeah. The, the regal stretch as this fucking like absurdly dense fog comes in, and then you have Jr. go. On a dark and dreary, foggy night, William Regal has won. Oh my god, man. What is this fucking Advance Wars or yeah. something? <laughs> Bring it on a buff, like. Status effects. Like. Dark and dreary, foggy night, like. JL's swinging a torch around like a lighthouse keeper, like. Everyone can see where they're going. Backstage. Kurt Angle pouts. He's literally sat with his head in his hands, like, oh, no one wants to be my friend. And Vince is like, what's the matter, pal? Well, this is actually kind of sweet. Like, it's like, I'm hurt. No one said thank you. And Vince is like, well, thank you, Kurt. I want to say thank you very much. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to strip off to the belt and give you the championship. Mm-hmm. And like, it's such a shit fucking... Yeah. It's like, you know what? We'll just buy you another birthday present. It literally. Even though it's nine months away from your birthday. It's like, I know you're crying right now, but look at this lollipop, pal. Hey, I bet you'd like a lolly, wouldn't you? I bet Super Nanny would have something to say about this fucking <laughs> yeah. thing. Unbelievable. Super Nanny on the brain lately, eh? A lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they head off to the ring. Gotta admit, Vince McMahon loves walking with that belt on his shoulder. Don't he just? And uh, Kurt Angle likes walking with that sweater on his shoulder. <laughs> it's a good look. It is. The sweater over the... Classy, classy More Kurt. People need to do that. King asks JR where Stone Cold Steve Austin is. And JR goes, well, we don't really talk anymore, King. King doesn't know. He doesn't know what's happened. No, like... the last time he saw him, Austin was a goodie. Yeah, yeah. it's true. A lot's happened. Because he said between. at the start of the night that he's not been watching because like, he um, he says he acts like he's surprised when the women's title is back. Is that what? Yeah, he doesn't it's, know who anyone is. Yeah. It's because the locks were changed and he couldn't get to the TV, so he's yeah. not had a chance to watch it this whole time. Like. <laughs> it's just been like, you know those old ads where it was like, TV license, it's like, just be careful because there could be someone with a binoculars. <laughs> it's Jerry Lawler. Down the street, Jerry Lawler <laughs> on a stepladder in his loft. <laughs> like, hey, on behalf of every person in the arena, Kurt, thank you. It's your birthday. Aww. Happy birthday, Angle. <laughs> <laughs> And then everyone boos, and then he says it again on behalf of every person. Yeah, Kurt looks like he's going to cry, and Vince is like the teacher that's like, come on, everyone, be nice. Everyone cheer him up. Like it or not, everyone, 
Kurt Angle is your hero. <laughs> I like that he has he has to call everyone heroes. Hero. We need Kurt Angle as a WWF champion. Someone who can bring credibility back to the championship. Like, they're not addressing Austin's actions. No. They're no. just saying we're taking the belt off him. Like, why has Vince got the belt in the first place? Like, yeah, all exactly. the other champions had their belts. Where did Austin, did he leave it behind him? Left it and then ran away, maybe. And then, as soon as he says, by the power invested in me... As the sole owner, all of a sudden, 2001 Space Odyssey kicks up. And for me, as a kid who'd never watched WCW, and maybe just played a bit of backstage assault, this was very confusing what happens next. Yeah, it's a big deal. So we got Nature Boy Ric Flair. Can someone explain to me in broad terms what Rick's point is here? What hell are you talking about? How nice, Mr. Flair. How broad are we talking? Last night, I bet I'll win That's That's pretty concise, I'd say. Last night, I was in a big house. <laughs> on a big side of town. Watching the big show. On a big TV. And I thought... It's like a prospector. Like. <laughs> like, honestly... I got my gold. When I was a kid, I didn't know what was going on. Because Rick Flair's going to go... Nah, nah, the consortium? What's a consortium? I don't know. <laughs> and Joe was like, well, this changes everything. <laughs> Remember those dramatic turns in storyline developments? They're happening. I'm like, what? Fucking subtitles. And Vince is pulling his ear. Yeah. Consortiums, pal. Did you pick up what was happening here, Bill? So, Shane and Steph, actually, by the time that they had lost were not the legal owners of ECW and WCW, is from what I could gather. And they'd actually sold to Rick. So that would mean that Vince is not the the full owner of the whole thing. It is actually Rick, so they're 50-50 partners in the venture. Now, what I took it to mean is that in order for Shane and Steph to buy WCW and ECW, they had to sell their WWF stock way back when. Right. And the way I read it is that Rick bought their stock months ago while this was all going on and he was waiting for the invasion to be over to then make it known that he actually owns like half of WWF. Ah, I see, because I know well, well back in the... Way, way back, like when they did the corporate ministry storyline, they revealed that like Shane and Vince together own 50% yep. and Linda and Stephanie together own 50%. So yep. it would make sense then that Linda and Vince own 50% and Shane and Stephanie own 50%. And Shane and Steph sold their half to Ric Flair to get the capital they needed ah. to buy the Alliance faction. Mm. See, why didn't they just say that? That's what he said. He said the Gregorium <laughs> with a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking speak English. I don't know what's happening here. There is a great YouTube poop of this exact promo on the internet. If oh, anyone's really? got like a minute and they want to have a nice laugh, check it out. As a kid, I just remember thinking, like, this. I know, I remember Nature Boy Ric Flair being like a, a big name. I knew he was a big deal. I didn't know anything about him other than the Nature Boy moniker was very confusing and I knew he strutted around and he mm. did the figure four. Like that's pretty much it. 
I couldn't say in all honesty that I was excited about what was going to happen from here because I didn't really know what to expect. But if you were a WCW fan, yeah, and out comes fucking Ric Flair the night after this fucking shit. Oh, what? Why now? Oh my yeah. god! Why now? Because isn't this when they start bringing in Hall and Nash and they're in a within few a few months? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're back by February. This is end of November. Yeah, so you get the months. real invasion in the start of the next year. Like. Steiner is back then yeah. as well. You've got Goldberg then shortly yeah, thereafter on. the following year. Yep. It's... Anyone who's anyone basically, except for. Sting. It's mad. You have to get the invasion out of the way with to actually bring in the talent. <laughs> like, it's interesting because you know what? Everyone was pissing on Vince Russo where it's like, oh, Russo came back in 2002. He comes back for like a week, apparently. He got rehired. Okay. And the first thing he said was, you got to restart the invasion. And everyone laughed him out the door. Now, obviously, in isolation, if someone says, yeah, after that angle, Vince Russo says, start the invasion again. You can mm. go, what a fucking idiot. But if you've got Hall, Nash, Hogan, Flair, Bischoff... The players, like... like you've got literally everyone. You could have gotten Luger if you wanted to. You could have gotten Macho Man if yep. you wanted to. It's actually not the craziest idea ever. Because no. after this invasion, if you had the WCW legends go, you didn't get rid of WCW. Yep. We're WCW. Yep. Yeah. So actually, that might have been one of Russo's better ideas. And that's what they fucking did at WrestleMania 31 with Triple H versus Sting. They did the whole sort of like, ah, but WCW is not really dead though, is it? Like, yeah. So they clearly didn't think it was that stupid an idea after all. I know, it just took them a little bit while to, to come around to it. Like, Yeah, you got to wait 14 years for the real invasion. Right? you got to wait for that sweet Terminator Genesis crossover. Oh. <laughs> so... Austin is brought out, we just appears like while Ric Flair is in Vince's face, he beats up Kurt, he beats up Vince, he gets a big pop, Rick watches and goes woo and dances around, they have a big stare, Austin takes the belt from Ric Flair, Austin's the champion, a big pop, Kurt cries, Yep. Yeah. and Austin and Rick share a beer, now Austin hasn't been doing beers in a long time, but I just no. kind of wonder, Austin's a good guy yes, now? Yes, definitely a baby face, definitely after that. But why? Because wrestling. It's really bad storytelling. It's literally just, hey, it's a new season, pal. We finished the invasion and now your favourites are goody again. He was, honestly, one of the most horrible characters in wrestling ever. He was the devil. He like, was the absolute devil. Making women cry over fucking cookies and stuff. Beating like, up women with Whipping people with belts. Yeah, like. like the most, the biggest antagonist wrestling. Honestly, can you think of anyone who's more of an antagonist? Like in a in a wide variety of ways, through a wide variety of like bullying, like your know, wrestlers, main eventers, backstage personnel. Honestly, like you know, because at least at least Booger Red kept to the ministry. You yeah. know, well, and like the only one that comes close is Triple H. But even then, I don't remember there being moments where Triple H did things that were as deplorable as Stone Cold no. did. Like he did heelish stuff, but there's things that Austin did in his heel run where you're like. This is fucking shocking. Like he rarely got his comeuppance. I think, no, I think the only one I can think of is, but like to a, certainly to a lesser extent, is is Seth Rollins. Yeah, in yeah. Most recent years. That's yeah, like, he did a real heel turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to kill him anyway. Yeah, which is one of my favorite wrestling Love moments that. ever. But Seth Rollins from like 2017. Like that, that whole year and this whole year, the the story of the rehabilitation of mm. Seth Rollins and, and him like, trying to redeem himself and get rid of all the skeletons in his closet, that was a long-term story arc, and I love that. And I kind of, part of me wants to see Steve Austin kind of redeem himself, but maybe they're not confident that this type of character, you want, you don't want to see him be introspective. You don't want to see Stone Cold be like, I'm sorry for what I've done. 
You know, yeah. I, I, I made. A, I have to make amends. It's not what people were after for after after in two thousand one. No, this one to see him do what. Yeah. But in yeah, two thousand one wrestling fans' eyes, he just did redeem himself. He gave Kurt Angle a stunner, and we think Kurt Angle's really annoying now. So <laughs> yay, Austin. That's he's literally trying it. Like, to kill the company. I know, but he just stunned Kurt, Angle, and he's having they a beer never with Ric Flair. Addresses. That's because he's good now. Like, oh, you want to mention your Regal saying like, you know, if it wasn't for you, I, you know, that's literally the only time anyone brings up you were the head like he wasn't just the main wrestler mm-hmm. like Shane and Stephanie weren't even called the leaders no, Austin, was Austin was the leader of the alliance yep. fucking hell what a weird weird end but I got asked the question though did that make you intrigued because uh, I was happy to see Austin as a face even though I was confused and didn't know what was going on and this run of Austin doing what as a good guy you know this is Austin Booker T in the supermarket era this is some oh, real is gold yeah no I'm intrigued by Ric Flair showing up that's an interesting development Austin they really should have kept him heel for a little longer I think and have the sort of the the aftermath and the repercussions of him having to learn that there's a, a price to pay for what he's done. Keep him off until, like, the rumble or something? Something. Like, have him come back. You can't literally have him show up the next night and be like, oh, well, I didn't learn any lessons. Like, it's it's not satisfying. Because, like, realistically, no one in the locker room should like him either. Nope. No. All the WWF guys, he's, a, he's a, you know, a turncoat. Yep. And for all the, w's, all the Alliance guys... It was, you know, like you said with Regal, you sold us false goods. You led us to disaster. Like. I'm pretty sure him and The Rock are teaming up against like Jericho and Kurt Angle on shows coming Get up. Get like, you know, fucked. Like, Fuck off. Him and The Rock working together. He urinated on The Rock. We may as well have. <laughs> now we urinate on each other, pal. It's a mutual thing. It's okay. He urinated in my mouth. Hydrated The Rock. It's okay. <laughs> Got all sorts of electrolytes. So, there we are. It's the end of Raw. A new chapter is beginning for WWF. They go off and... Try some different things, and well, by WrestleMania time, we have a brand split, and the landscape changes over and over and over and over again. We are not looking at that. We need to talk a little bit, some closing thoughts about this invasion angle. The first thing I wanted to ask each of you was who was your MVP of the invasion? Adam, I'll start with you. Who was your top pick for the most consistently entertaining, or the person you think without them, this whole angle would not have worked? It's really tough between a couple of people, and this is such an obvious answer, but it has to be Stone Cold Steve Mm. Austin. Just because in preparation for us wrapping this up, I went back and I re-listened to the season three episodes and everything we went through with Stone Cold. And I forgot that in the sort of the earlier part of the invasion where it was less about WCW, ECW, and it was more about Austin and Kurt, we really got that sort of deconstruction of Austin where they like peeled back every layer yeah, of his character. Yeah. And he did the things like taking Kurt to the bridge and like trying to pile drive him and break his neck. And they really like went all in on just taking apart Stone Cold and completely rebuilding his character. Some of the coward. best storytelling in wrestling. Honestly. That's was... what's so annoying is that you have like that character deconstruction and then they're like, and now he's different good again yeah and that's so unsatisfying an ending like same creative team come up with those two ideas yeah and i would say the other one that it's close with is kurt just because again he went through a proper legitimate character arc yeah and there's not many folks you can say that about at any point in wrestling where they had like a clear concise arc that makes sense Mm. and it happened with kurt even if it did get a little muddied up along the way as well Bill, how about you? What would you say is some of your important folks from the Invasion storyline? Well, there was one person who consistently tried to get it over, and that was Heyman. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think a massive credit to Heyman for actually fucking trying because no one tried. Yeah, that's really. true. And uh, Heyman was, you know, he saw the storyline for what it could be and tried to improve it. And I'd say he certainly did so. If if if, if we had Jr. and Jerry covering commentating over in, the invasion storyline, it just would have it would have died a death. Oh yeah, it yeah. couldn't have worked. Um, Heyman was the person who got it over. Yeah. Um and then yeah, like Adam said Austin. Um yeah. he I've I've he shits on this uh, this you know character all the time. I I I think this season's worth of Austin that we've had is my favorite Austin. Yeah, absolutely. I I would echo those sentiments Same. because for some that he is, he is so down on it. Anytime he talks about it, it's like, oh, I was drinking a lot, I had pills. And you know what? I think he can't disassociate his personal issues or the, the bad time that he was having in his life yeah. with the actual product that he was putting out, which I kind of think is sad because like, I think he should be able to look back on this and be proud because it is some of his best work. When you think of how hurt he was mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, you know he put on fantastic matches yeah you know and great acting as well yeah I think he was one of the most entertaining I mean I would have to echo all you guys for someone who's important I think a little little nod as well to Shane McMahon who I still Mm. believe that if there was one character who sacrificed pretty much all their goodwill for the sake of an angle it was Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon could have been like everyone's favourite for fucking ever yep and this was such a never trust me again. Like I will never be. I will never have this connection again with people, which is kind of sad because Shane was always such an intriguing face, and they cut that short. You think of King of the Ring two thousand and one and how endearing Shane McMahon yeah. was, and just kind of how by Survivor Series you don't like he's not even fun coward Shane from from two thousand. Yeah. He's just this weird aggressive intense boring guy I know you mean it's a shame in a way that they did that but they but, had, they had but to do it I yeah. like when a character becomes almost scarred for life and yeah. it's like you'll never be able to look at them the same way after this like. so there's a lot of people who I think that they're not necessarily maybe were the most entertaining in the world but if it wasn't for them this whole thing would not have worked mm. I don't think Shane's at the top of that list but I think going back and looking at this entire invasion storyline I'm in two minds about it it is definitely a hideous handling of both ECW and WCW. And in terms of an introduction to those brands, there's a reason why I think it took me, like, until I was in my mid-twenties to actually give WCW any sort of a look in. Mm. You know, I always thought it was rubbish. Even if you go back and look to our Starcade 97 episode, by then we're still very much, like, anti-WCW. Yep, Nothing good ever came from this company. And don't get me wrong, listen to Bash of the Beast 2000, there's some fucking hideous muck in that company, and it was run like a total shit show. But they had great matches, they had a great legacy, and they had great storylines, and they had great characters, and a great style and ethos of wrestling, none of which was shown here. And yeah. I think as an introduction to that brand, it's like, I can't think of why you would spend a million dollars to rubbish something so much. You know, yeah. so that in that in that sense, looking back now, yes, it is as bad as you remember in yeah. terms of how they handle it. In terms of storylines, matches, and actual shows, 
King of the Ring was a great show, yep. you know. SummerSlam, one of the greatest. You know, we had a lot of really great shows here. A lot of really good wrestling as well. Like, other than Unforgiven, I think this had to be some of the highest quality wrestling we've actually seen. Because it's what people forget is it's still 2001. It's still technically like during the the height of wrestling yeah. quality. Like, yeah, even if it is bad, it's still going to be brilliant. Like, what are some of your guys' kind of thoughts like on the on the lump of it overall? Like, and was it Billy for you? You maybe had heard a lot of people who had poo-pooed this beforehand. For you watching it fresh, where does it rank for you in terms of maybe compared to the season one stuff? Obviously, I'd heard it was awful. It wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be because we got all this great Austin and Angle and Vince stuff. Mm. But And match quality was still good. I'm trying to remember if it was the, the first... Austin Angle match or the second Austin Angle match I really really enjoyed I can't remember which the one first one's one was a SummerSlam yeah I'm pretty sure it's that one yeah. Kurt gets I the shit knocked out yeah, of that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that match I mean obviously it's 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 pre-invasion but Kurt versus Shane, Shane yeah. is, is a cracking match there were some really great matches in here we had even that, even on the lower card Billy Kidman versus X-Pac yeah surprisingly good never saw Billy Kidman again no. <laughs> uh, he, he was working dark matches after that, he like, so weird, fucking stole the show that night. Mm. Like, oh, don't, punishing him for getting over. Like Rob Van Dam as well, I think someone who was uh, definitely yeah. super, super prolific in the invasion. Really yeah. good. You know what I kind of feel it's like? It's like if someone's got a beloved HBO series and then there's like a season of it that they think is fucking shit. Mm. And it's like, oh, all season six or yeah. Sopranos season five. It's like, it's the fu- it's so shit, man. It's yeah. shit. And when you're looking at the lump of this really high quality product, like 98 to 2001, and you look at this one sliver of it and compare it aggressively to the rest of it and the direction it takes as a whole, yes, it is not as good. Mm-hmm. But if you take 2001 where we are and you compare that to fucking WrestleMania 27 where we were, yeah. This is head and shoulders better product. I don't even think you need to go that far to tell you the truth. I'd say for all of its faults and all the problems we have with it, this period that we've looked at here is better than a lot of stuff like 1998 even. The main event with whose side is they, are they on, like all that bollocks they had in 98. 98's overrated. People think, still yeah. rave about that, but they will happily shit all over this. And I think it is a better There's, show at no, this, this point. This is massively better than yeah. 98. Yeah, well, one final question then, as everyone and their mother seems to have an idea on how to do it. I'm going to ask both of you, and then weigh in myself, if you were to change anything about this angle to make it work, and assuming you had the budget and the money that WWE did, what would you have done to make this work? I would have maybe added like another 12 months onto it. Like I would have really, really, I would have not gone anywhere near as quickly as they did to get straight into the invasion. I would have kept up with the stuff like the angle and Austin storylines. Hell, you can even do DDP and Undertaker if you really want, but all that would have, I would have done really differently is to have slowed it right down, make ECW and WCW like slowly come to the forefront. Like this isn't just like an overnight invasion. And then you've got more time to like build up ideas, build up stars, ready for when the big invasion finally does come. Yeah. And because, again, the only reason I'm saying this is knowing that in early 2002, that's when you get the big stars from WCW. Like, they could afford them then, they were free then, like... Yeah, they just waited a little bit. I think if they'd have just dragged this out, keep the intrigue of Austin being a heel, because that, honestly, there was enough energy behind Austin's heel turn and Angle's face turn to keep you going, like, for the rest of 01, I think. 
and you could have really just slowed down with this and make it a much slower burn. Yeah, like, I like the idea of like you could have incorporated a lot of those WCW and ECW guys like onto the roster and even into developmental and have yes. like they're a sleeper cell. Exactly, type. and then yeah. do what they did with ECW and have like the them take the shirts off and it turns out oh shit yeah these guys are all from WCW, but because time will have passed and you'll have forgotten all about this shit from like a year ago. It'll have a much bigger impact, and you should have bigger stars at that point. It's just, yeah, it makes me laugh to think how confused they were. And like, they just didn't have the infrastructure to do this, did no. they? And you they were know? too keen to do it. Really, like, they were like, gotta go now, come on. How about you, Billy? How would you have uh, tweaked things along if you were to change this angle to make it work? I probably would have done it, start, started the main thing from I'd do Survivor Series to WrestleMania. WrestleMania to, through to Survivor Series would have had, you know, just at normal storylines right, and things yeah. happening. But you've introduced all of these WCW guys. You've bring in, brought in some ECW guys. They're working. They're getting over. They're getting legitimacy. Mm. And then you, you know, around Survivor Series time, you have... Uh, you can still have, you know, Shane. Not maybe not at WrestleMania have or not after WrestleMania have Shane reveal that he has actually purchased WCW. Let Vince think... He owns WCW. Right, yeah, yeah. Then pull the rug from underneath him and reveal. Actually, this whole time, right, yeah, yeah. It. You know, show the WCW guys, you know, dissension in the ranks. They don't feel like they're getting the opportunities that they deserve because of where they've come through. Yeah. Let them grow bitter. You know, so they're gonna all happen. That's after you know around Survivor Series, you bring Ric Flair in. Yeah, as, yeah. as you know, just be a, a mouthpiece. You can still have Shane. You can still have. Imagine the four of them together. That yeah. Would have been amazing. Shane, so Stephanie, Paul, yeah. and Rick. Fucking hell, that would be amazing. Then, and you know, so you have. You know, the, the, there's legitimacy now. To yeah, WCW you've got the two McMahons to, to keep Vince yeah. happy, and you've got the WCW and the ECW guys. Yeah. Actual guys. Yeah. And then like... you're going to have Hall and Nash and Hogan soon as well. So Bischoff when you, as Bischoff, well. when you actually, and then when you finally get to your big blow off, that will be WrestleMania. Mm. You know, every, everyone will hopefully be happy. You know, because I know that Austin wasn't happy. He well. wasn't. He was, was very like, unhappy. He, was, he was very happy wrestling Hall. Yeah. But he wasn't happy how low down the card it was. And you know who would have loved that as well? If you could have him come back as the big conquering hero to save everyone is Triple, Triple H. H. Yeah, yeah would have timed it perfectly. Yeah, it would have yeah. worked yeah, everyone, really well. I, no one would have been fucked up. Benoit would have been back. Everyone yeah. would have been back. Ready Just for a it. a little bit of patience, but you can't have that, I guess, when, re- when a war ends, you can't be patient, according to WWE. Yeah. You know what I think it was, really? We mentioned very briefly in King of the Ring about how Vince McMahon got really like uh, down the dumps about XFL failing to the point where he didn't care that WCW went out of business and he won the war I think he was rushing to have a feel good moment he needed it like yeah yeah. Yeah. and I love both of your guys ideas the only thing I would have maybe done different is like I would have gone ahead with say Shane and Anson and then young WCW and start WCW hard on Saturday night or whatever the fuck it Mm. was and do it like shotgun Saturday night or whatever it was you know have it in small little arenas and make out that WCW it isn't the million dollar brand anymore they're starting again they're starting again and you have Shane like you know hey we're starting small and it wouldn't cost you much to run you could have run it on you know the website or whenever it was and then even like this is fine with doing that you know, like, clearly he is yeah and then you ha- you do that for a while you can even bring in some ecw guys into that mix and then when the contracts are filled up you can use those guys being built up and then the big star power and you would have had a, a one-two punch yeah but it feels like if you start off like you're going to make a new brand and then you decide it's going to actually be a storyline instead and they're yep. all baddies yeah. you can't have that type of a group we've seen it with the nexus we've seen it with the core and the new nexus 
lads in shirts don't get over. Yeah. <laughs> well, not when you squash them so quickly. Yeah. Like, because that's the one thing I think none of us could ever change about the invasion. No matter what happens, Vince is going over and a lot of other talent is going to get buried by WWF talent. That's just the way Vince would want this to go down. But if you at least gave them like six months to a year to actually at least make an impression on the fans and get over before they get squashed. Mm. Like, fucking DDP didn't stand a no. chance to yeah, get yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was not given a minute, like... But, like, imagine if they, they drew out the, the DDP thing longer, you know, have, have you know, the whole Taker's wife is being stalked, r- leave that out, you know, longer. So yeah. you have, like, a proper, like, intrigue of... Mm. You know, Big give, mystery. Give, give it, like, six months or yeah. so of who it's going to be. It felt like Page is there the <laughs> Page is there the whole time, but he's not involved. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. You know? And then have it be revealed, not just have fucking Page turn up one night and yep. say, yo, Undertaker. I <laughs> is the stalker. Yeah. Like it doesn't work because no, because WWF hardcore WWF fans don't know who the fuck he is, nope. and the WCW fans are like, "What?" Yeah, I will say about one final thing I want to say about this is just the Raws and Smackdowns from two thousand and one. Like, there's some, uh, you know, there's some dips along the way, but generally speaking, a real fun show to watch. I found the watching for this so much easier than yeah. season one or season two well, like it's miles better than season two yeah i mean <laughs> season two was just fucking hours and hours and hours and hours like you know three hour rolls are not fun to watch no. like and you know with season one even though you have great iconic moments you know when me and billy sat down to do the the 99 raw where mankind wins the belt it's like yeah iconic moments big matches it's like yeah it's all this weird shit as well though like really nonsensical mm. tonal shifts yeah you didn't have that here this is still the 2001 confident wwf brand and even though a lot of people aren't been booked well it's still quite a fun show to watch yeah. and i think this is one of the most even with everything bad we said, mm-hmm. I still think this is probably, retrospectively looking back now, one of the most unfairly maligned pieces of time yeah, in wrestling it's, history. It's not as, I'd agree. It's bad, but it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. There's yeah. been worse. There's been way worse. Exactly. There's been way, way worse. Yeah. You know? So I think people, much like The Last Jedi, are going to get up in a huff about <laughs> this thing. But you know what? If you fucking calm yourself down and sit yeah. down and think about what you enjoy, there's plenty in there yeah. to enjoy. Yeah, there's fun to be had watching this. I, I mean, you know, we people say, oh, this was a bad, you know, eight months or whatever, you know. They're also forgetting the bad 2008 to 2012. Literally. Yeah. Like, like, four years. Yeah. <laughs> like, four years, and each each week, Raw, that's how long it was as well. Yeah. It was four years. <laughs> yeah. And you have SmackDown and then, as well. And then SmackDown, which was just a repeat. Yeah, yeah, overall, no need so, like, to watch. When, when you guys get to that in the fucking SmackDown crawl, I fucking pray for you guys. The, the fucking, old man. Yeah, in a, in a crypt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that from. Um, well, those are our final thoughts That's... on the Invasion storyline. Do let yeah. us know yours. Hit us up at AE Podcast to let us know your thoughts on the Invasion storyline. What do you think of the assessment? Do you reckon it's unfairly maligned? And do let us know your fantasy booking ideas. How would you have made the Invasion better? Do you think it's a simple case of throwing a lot of money at it? Or do you think it should have been avoided altogether? Let us know your thoughts by hitting us up on the social media channel. And don't forget, if you want to support the Attitude podcast, you can help out the boys here and get access to dozens upon dozens of hours of exclusive audio content for your ears and also visuals for your eyes become a five dollar backer now get access to the entire smackdown crawl where adam and i review all of smackdown as well as the bibliotech series a whole podcast dedicated to wrestling's greatest and worst books 
usually bad ones like Ryback's self-help book is in there mm. and gamesmanship or video review series where we look back at wrestling video games for feature length episodes available to watch now become a five dollar backer get access to it all support the show and enjoy yourself some good content i think the time has come for what kevin for a big announcement <gasps> That's right. I own WCW. <laughs> you should have guessed it. I was wearing a turtleneck all along. I thought you were going to do the the, uh, the David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, or you just announce on the show that you go in. This is the last show. Like I'm, I'm killing off the character. It's <laughs> just Kevin Billy Mann. and Adam now. I'm like. doing no more podcasts. I've simply too much to do. <laughs> Peace and love. <laughs> right. So a little bit of explanation about season four. Ooh. Originally, what season four was going to be is what season five is actually yeah. now Ooh. going to be, and then bullet. Bill Keeble over here decides he's going to come in and let us know that we can't really do justice to season 5 whatever it is you're not getting an announcement now you have to wait for that but whatever it is we're going to do in season 5 we surely can't do without having a little bit of a trek back in time first and we thought okay let's dip our toes in a little bit back in time and do a little mini season like 3 episodes but then me and Adam sat down with a pen and paper and we were sketching out some ideas for this next season we thought you know what there's simply too much gold in these there hills Yeah, that we're going to have to do a full jam-packed season. Adam, what is season four of the Attitude Era podcast going to be? We are going back and we are taking a look at the start of the Attitude Era, the prologue, if you will. We're going to start at WrestleMania 13 in 97 and we're going all the way up to the start of the Attitude Era podcast again, where we were going to do a revisit of WrestleMania 14. So we have got, let's see, the likes of the episodes coming up. We've got In Your House, Revenge of the Taker, Cold Day in Hell, King of the Ring 97, Canadian Stampede, SummerSlam 97, Grand Zero, One Night Only, hey, we get to Yay! go to England! Bad Blood, Survivor Series 1997. Oh, that's the one where... Um, oh, Earl um, uh, Hebner had a good day, didn't he? He did. That was it. He, yeah, you know... He came up with the idea for the, that t-shirt, didn't the, he? The, the, the Vancouver kerfuffle. Was <laughs> <laughs> that's the Vancouver vindication you're thinking of. Okay, it's different. In Your House, DX, Royal Rumble, 97. No way out of Texas. And we're going to go back to WrestleMania 14 to finally correct the errors and let everyone know who Jennifer Flowers is. Bonus episodes along the way. Perhaps mm. we'll dip our toe into WCW, ECW, USWA, the Kuwait Cup, the Slammies. Jesus. Hey, whatever you guys want to see, let us know. We're going to be doing a full year, 97 to 98. It's going to be very, very exciting. I guess you could say we're going there and back again. <laughs> yeah! Fucking A, man. Nothing like starting off a new season with a Hobbit reference. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking cursed from the word go. Yeah, like. baby. And I reckon we can, instead of doing WrestleMania 13, can we just split it into three parts? Three parts, yeah. more yeah. CGI. The like, Battle of the Five Austins. We won't actually be in the same room as each other. Like, we'll yeah. all be green screened and fucking crying in between takes. And the like. best thing storyboarding it as we go. Oh, you know? having a nervous breakdown on Billy just walks into the room and it's fully green. Like, where are the characters? Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm so fucking excited. And hey, thank you to everyone for coming along for season three. Put the DVD back up on the shelf. Dust off some space because season four is coming at you like a ton of bricks very, very soon. And we cannot wait to get involved with all of your thoughts, your comments, and your ideas for season four. And you better believe over on patreon.com forward slash a podcast, there's going to be a whole shed load of great content coming alongside the way as well. Adam, 
Billy, it's been a delight talking about this era with you. It has. This has been the most fun I've ever had with this podcast. Hey! Yes, yeah. my no, it definitely has. Favorite yeah. season to date doing this with you. Honestly, guys. it's my favorite season as well. Mm. I feel like we uh, we had a lot of fun doing this, and I feel that people had a lot of fun listening to us have a lot of fun doing this as well. I hope so. Fun Inception. That's what you can expect mm. from the Edge podcast. I was going to do a little Bilbo bit, and then you just brought in Hans Zimmer into it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you can do that, I mean, Adam just does like, <laughs> No more Hobbit, please. <laughs> the, road, <laughs> the road goes ever on and on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've come to the end of season three. I wish you all a very fond farewell. <laughs> Goodbye. <gasps> oh, he's gone! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, Adam, it's just a bit of old fun. It's in my pocket. <laughs> we'll catch you on season four of the Attitude Era podcast.